You're looking at the three-time Tri-State Over 14 Thou Art Dead champion. Laser J. But they call him Skull. Who's they? Me and DJ. Yeah. He's the smartest guy on earth. So let's go talk to him. Hey, hey Jenny, 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 hold on. Whoa. Hold up. Skull is in the Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Zone right now. And you don't want to mess with him when he's in the Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Zone. Fine, so how long is he going to be playing? <sighs> Who knows? He once played for four days straight on one quarter, a gallon of chocolate milk, and an adult diaper. The man's a legend. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's not coming out of the Acme Podcasts Incorporated, then we are going in. What? Uh, what? Jenny? No. Jenny? No. It's the Great Pumpkin. He's rising up out of the pumpkin patch. Trick or treat. Oh, now you're scared of Dracula. You were afraid to find out what Dracula made of, because Dracula made of. So that's Dracula, huh? Welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I am your host, Laser J, and how you doing, bud? I'm uh, doing better than I have been for the past few days, so, you know, right. can't complain too much, honestly. All right, uh, and, and who is you? Me? Oh, I'm Kai. Hi, everybody. I'm your, co- I'm your faithful co-host. That's right. And we're Acme Podcast Incorporated. We're the boys. The boys. And, uh, you know, Spoop Month. We're coming to a close on it. Uh, I got one more episode in the barrel for this, uh... I'm sorry, no. This episode is in the barrel. We've got one more in the clip. Yeah, there uh, you go. Uh, for Spoopy Month, uh, which will be a special broadcast that'll be coming to you... On the spoop day itself, October 31st, Saturday. And then it's back to the normal schedule of every other week. Yep. Uh, But before that, let's do this week. So what are we talking about this week? We're talking about Monster House and Paranorman. Yeah. Without getting too much... I'm sorry, you want to say something? Oh, um, this is actually my first time seeing Paranorman, so it'll be interesting to talk about it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh... Yeah, um, I was just gonna say, uh, without getting too much into it, uh, Monster House is my second favorite Halloween movie, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely love it. And Paranorman is also, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit you, it's a better movie than Monster House. Um. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, but, you know. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get more into that later. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, um, I've only seen Paranorman once before, and it was probably within a year or two of when it came out. 
mm-hmm. uh, which was so probably 2013-2014. Uh, liked it a lot the first time, and I liked it just as much this time. And Monster House I've seen five or six times, because I just I like it that much. And uh, liked it as much this time as I did the first five or six times. <laughs> but yeah, that that's for later. That That's for later. Uh, gotta do our weeks first, so, uh, I've got some stuff to talk about. Uh, I've only got, like, I've only got, like, one thing I want to talk about, but, you know. Um, I I don't have a lot to talk about, actually, but I've got, you know, something that could be fun conversation. Um... So a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago at this point, I had started, decided to start rewatching, not rewatching, start watching uh, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, temper your expectations, because uh, I hit the same roadblock I hit every time I try to go back and watch Power Rangers. Oh. In that I start crying uncontrollably every episode. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what it's about. Um. But it happens. That's. Yeah. I, I think it has something to do. My running theory is it has something to do with innocence lost. And it just harkens too much to uh, a simpler time that I would wish to return to. That. I'm gonna be honest, my dude. Yeah. That is one of the most bewildering things you have ever said to me. Yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh. I have not given up on. I'm. I'm only like six episodes in. I. I. I watched like five in one batch, and then the next day I watched one. I was just. I can't. I can't spend this much time crying again today, and I have not gotten mm-hmm. back to it. Yeah. No. I get you. But I found a happy middle ground, mm-hmm. and I read through uh, all of Boom Comics' Power Ranger comics. Hell yeah, those also rule. Yeah. Uh, everything, you know, uh, the, the Mighty Morphin stuff, the Go-Go Power Ranger stuff, uh, the, uh, the, the Shattered Ranger. Grid. Pink Ranger. I didn't do the, the solo... Well, the ones focusing on just one ranger. Mm. Uh, the, those are still loaded up. I'm still. I'm going to get to them, uh, Got but it. I wanted to focus more on uh, getting up to date on the, those two main titles, and then also doing uh, like doing the the conclusion thing to uh, Shattered Grid that sort of wrapped everything up nicely, and then I also did. Uh, there was the single issue uh, Ranger Slayer book. Oh yeah, I remember that. And yeah. then the uh, the new uh, like Legacy of Draken one or whatever. Uh, Dracon. Dracon, sorry. Uh, the one where. Do you think it matters if I give spoilers? I'm sorry. No, I'm just imagining. Jason David Frank and Blueface Paint. <laughs> oh, I'll get you next time. You think you're 
All that, Kimberly. But your her name isn't even Kimberly. Yeah. God. Okay. All right. Um. Uh, but anyway. but yeah, uh, so sorry, uh, Dracon. Yeah, it's pronounced Dracon. Okay, Dracon. Uh, Lord Dracon. Yeah. Uh, but but then the, I also the the last thing I read was the uh, the new ongoing series where Ranger Slayer has taken up the mantle of Dracon. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, to try to, but she's working with. Working with the coinless and all that stuff. She's yeah, yeah. not. She's not being evil. She's trying to fix things, but it's not going well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm super feeling Power Rangers right now. I I was already sort of super feeling Power Rangers because uh, probably one of my favorite toy lines that's out right now is uh, the Hasbro's uh, Lightning Collection. Mm-hmm. The six-inch, I'll say, nicely articulated Power Rangers toys. They're pulling from different, uh, different uh, iterations of Power Rangers nicely, and all that. And that sort of got me sort of like in the mood for Power Rangers. And I was like, I'll, I'll watch Lost Galaxy finally, and the crying. And then I was like, Well, I'll read the comics. I mean, Lost Galaxy makes me cry, but for you know. Yeah, different it, reasons. I know it, it's just all Power Rangers for some reason. Like I've tried going back to Mighty Morphin. I've tried going back to Space. Uh, that is genuinely such a like. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I, I've tried going back to other ones too. I tried doing uh, Ninja Storm, which is a more recent one. Like, I watched that as an adult, mm-hmm. and I was still just, I don't know, there's something about it that was just set me crying, and same thing happened with SPD, which I also saw as an adult, and still, mm. I, I can't tell you, like, I didn't have this issue when I was, like, between the ages of 18 and, like, 25, but, like, since 25 on, I've had this issue. It it's weird. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't even know what to make of that. Honestly. Yeah, I, my running theory is that it's just it harkens to a simpler time that I long for. Um, mm-hmm. That that's my running theory. Uh, Got it. Yeah. Um, uh, if anybody couldn't tell from my reaction there earlier. I'm a huge Power Rangers mark. I don't know if you people know this about me already, but I am. And also, Lost Galaxy is my favorite Power Rangers season. Yeah, I, I, I want to read it because I, someone, maybe you, it might have been you, but someone described it to me as the DS9 of Power Rangers. Yeah, it is. It's the DS9 of Power Rangers. And DS9 is my favorite Star Trek because <laughs> it does. It is uh, on a space station. Yeah. Um, how far did you get? Like I said, six episodes. Oh, then I can't talk about. Yeah. Anything. Uh, you know, go ahead. I, I I've seen. I I know. Uh, that Andros's Andros's sister becomes the Pink Ranger at some point. Astronomer. Yeah. Astronomer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Caron. Caron. 
Oh yeah, she's not astronomer anymore. She's Corone. Yeah, you're yeah. correct. Uh, that the comics sort of spoiled that for me. Yeah, uh, and then she's a major player at one point. There's a there's a lot of stuff that happens that I don't want to spoil. Like yeah, it, al- it it also has my favorite villain in Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Not it not the the main villain trick the main villain. I won't say because the main villain changes partway through. It, it's the, the daughter becomes the main villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she is yeah. a really good villain, but she's not the one I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I'm, talk, I'm talking about um her mentor Villamax. Oh, okay, yeah. That dude rules. Right on. He's he's a really cool dude. I like him a lot. Um, but yeah, Lost Galaxy is really good. Uh, it's still my favorite one. I, I don't... After that, it's kind of a toss-up between a couple of series like Dino Thunder. Hmm. Dino Thunder's another one that's on my list of ones I'd like to get to. Um, yeah. I think Dino Thunder's probably the one of the best ones of the Disney era. Okay. I, I um... The, the, there's, there's three that I really want to sit through. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to do... Lost Galaxy's one of them. Uh, the other one is, I really want to take another stab at SPD. No, I'm sorry. There's four. There's four. But SPD is still one of them. Um, the other one is the Time Rangers. Time Force? Time Force, yeah. That That's one that I... When was that? That was like, what, 2005? Around there. I remember watching that sometimes, like, before going to school, when I was in high school. Like, I'd be waiting for the bus or whatever, and I'd catch an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, not waiting for the bus, waiting to go to the bus stop. Um, yeah. Uh, and I was always like, I like this one, this is interesting. Uh, I would like to see more of it. And then, you know, the Quantum Rangers fucking Vincent, so... Uh, you mean Virgil? Virgil, yeah. Vincent. Uh, 2001. 2001? That's when that. That's when Time Force came out. Okay, so middle school, not high school. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and then also, the other one's Ninja Storm. Just, oh. Ninja Storm's one that it, it'd be like I'd come home from college and I'd be just sitting in my room like wasting time flipping through the channels, I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch Power Rangers. Not to force you to add another one to the list, but you need to watch RPM. That's the... The last of the Disney era. And it's the best one of the Disney era, and one of the best ones in the entire franchise. Is that the one with Dr. K or Dr. M or whatever? Dr. K, yes. Dr. K. She's in the comics. She she features pretty heavily in yeah, uh, I mean, in the Shattered Grid timeline. I imagine she's she was a super popular character from one of the more popular series, you know. All right. I'll definitely check this out. Yeah, RPM. It was a lot like it's you know how in space was so good because they thought it was going to be the last one. Mhm. Same thing. Okay. They thought it was going to be the last Power Rangers series, so they kind of like, well, should probably put some effort into this. Yeah, it's all like Mad Maxi and post-apocalyptic and stuff, right? Yeah, totally. It's robot apocalypse, and it's nice. like in a dome city. In a dome city. Yeah. 
and the the villain is basically Skynet. I can dig it. Yeah, it's real cool. But yeah, other than that, that's it for me. So what what you got? The uh, on the recommendation from some people from a podcast that we both listen to. I watched the action button review for Doom. Oh, yeah, that's I I I heard about that. We okay. We joke about how we go on long tangents on this show, and that and how certain podcasts go on long tangents on their shows. That guy I wrote have, the textbook on it. I have never seen anyone go on a tangent longer than that guy, and then perfectly loop it back around to his original point. <sighs> I really gotta listen to that. It's like, he goes on this 30 minute rant about his experience with, like, being a someone who pretended that they played the entirety of Doom, but didn't, and not only played the demo, and basically faked his way through life, telling people, like, these super nerds who are super into programming and shit, that he was super into Doom, and then they started asking him, like, legitimate questions about the game design of, like, and level design of Doom. And he couldn't answer them properly. And then he got a, went on the secondary tangent about these two guys he knew in high school. And he was like, he didn't have any friends. And how they tried to get him to talk to him. To him and they just sat next to him for like a whole school year. without, And tried to get him to say at least one word. But they never got him to. And all they ever talked about were Dungeons and Dragons, Metal Albums, and Doom. And then it all looped back around to... So anyway, uh, this is my opinion on that level he asked me about. How long is this review again? Three and a half hours. Oh man, I need, I need, I. Can I just download an audio version of it? There's, I mean, probably if you know how to convert YouTube but videos into he, do, he doesn't make it available. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. You have to look into. I'll look, that. I'll look into that because that's exactly the sort of thing I'd like to listen to while I'm like playing a video game or something. But I. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have YouTube going and a video game on my computer at the same time. So, uh, you could always put it on your phone. Yeah, that's what I do with my podcasts. So, yeah, just play the YouTube video on your phone. You know, maybe occasionally glance at the screen. Yeah. Uh, but that—that that was really the only thing I wanted to talk about because holy shit, I have never seen anybody. Just, I went on this 30 minute tangent, but it all actually had a point. <laughs> it seems like a tangent, but it does, in fact, loop back around to my what I was originally going to fucking talk about. I love that sort of thing. It's stupid. I love yeah. it. But, uh, yeah, that's it for me. That was the only thing that I really, really wanted to talk about because I thought it was neat. Yeah. Other than that, I've just been reading One Piece. <laughs> I've been trying to catch up with One Piece still. Ugh, good fucking luck, my dude. I mean, I'm only a hundred chapters or so behind. So. Okay. Oh, I actually, I I also caught up with like all the current running X Men books. Oh, that's cool. Uh. And a couple other like Marvel things. I, I've been in a real comics mood lately. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I read a couple like you know okay. Mm-hmm. 
sorry, we, we were just ready to leave the week, but now I want to talk about comics. <laughs> um, with Marvel, I prefer their ongoing series. But with DC, I prefer their, like, standalone books. You know what I mean? Like, it's not tied into a larger continuity. It's just a story with either Batman well, or Wonder Woman or whatever. Well, it's mainly because a lot of the problems people have with DC have to do with the fact that they refuse to acknowledge their long-running continuity or ignore it. Yeah, I, I don't really have those issues as much because I do like their ongoing books too. Um, no, the problem is that they make really good long-running continuity and then they'll be like, well, we got to reboot it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah, for sure. Uh, like, hey, you guys remember when fucking uh, Tim Drake was going to be this, the third Blue Beetle, but it never happened? Uh, said he became Red Robin. Yep. It Red cool. Robin. Yum. <laughs> I get food poisoning every time I go there, so I don't go there anymore. Damn. That sucks. Yeah, and they don't. Their their burgers are okay, and they have steak fries. I don't like steak fries. Mm. It's too much potato in one bite. Yeah, but they uh, do make pretty good soup, though. Yeah. But yeah, but, uh, sorry, you you were going to say something? No, no, no. I was just that. That was all my. That was my whole point about. Yeah. DC and DVC and Marvel have their own problems yeah there's really no perfect comic publisher out there it's foolish to think there is uh but you know i i like them both i i just have different tastes for them because i don't know i don't know it's it, it's it's subjective it's all subjective um mm -hmm. but yeah i i read i there, there was like I read two different Batman books, uh, like standalone Batman books, and I was like, yeah, "These are really good." And I'm not really a big Batman. Like, I like Batman, but I'm I'm definitely more of a Superman guy. Uh, I mean, he's my favorite superhero, so like that that's an obvious. Yeah, I'm more of a Superman guy, but I still enjoy Batman. Um, but I read two of them, and then I read a sequel series to one of them. Uh, and then I just like I'm just gonna read a bunch of Marvel, and then it was mm -hmm. Power Rangers, and yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I got gotcha. you. But yeah, uh, I'm done. If you're okay. done, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, all right, let's get to upkeep. Uh, we got three episodes to cover. One of them is a, a double wide. Um, yes. Yeah, so we'll do that one last because that's the one we have the most to talk about. Yes, I have so much to say, but we'll get there. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get there. So starting with Amphibia, we've got uh, Season 2, Episode 11, The Shut-In, which is, uh, you Tell know... It, the Crypt. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the perfect thing for a holiday special, which is horror anthology. Yeah. Uh... Just earlier this week, I listened to a podcast that was all about celebrating horror anthologies, and it really put me in the mood for it, and this episode was like, yeah, horror anthologies are 
perfect for Halloween. And yeah. yeah, the only one, the only one of these stories that I wish had been a full episode was the uh, seamstress. Yes, that would have been very interesting. Because it was genuinely like, oh, this could have been a whole episode, honestly. That especially because that. I'll be real. That design is horrifying. Yeah, and it was voiced by Matt Braley. Oh, oh wow. Nice. And the weakest one is Hot Pops. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it, you know, I liked the design of the, the Grim Reaper guy, but that was about it. But I will say, it's also most fitting, because, you know, old man telling a cliche story. Yeah, it is. That's true. Uh... So it works in that way, but it's still like yeah, of the of the short stories it was the weakest. Uh I already know people I haven't I haven't looked this up and I haven't really gone into it too much, but I know for a fact, without even looking it up, that everyone is making so much fan art of the human versions of these characters from Anne's story. <laughs> I've only seen one. I, it was just like a straight up normal drawing of uh, Sprig and Polly's human forms. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, but I'm. It's you know, there's people are going to be drawing it. You yeah. Know? There's only one thing people love more than Gajinkas. It's canon Gajinkas. It's canon to Gajinkas. Yeah, you're correct. Or human versions, or whatever. Yeah. Non-human. You know, even if they are humanoid or to start with. It's weird like that. Yep. Uh, I will say... Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a fun one. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's not too much to say because it's just a collection of short stories. Yeah, it, it was a fun Halloween special and that's all it had to be and it's all it was. I did like the running joke of... Uh, Polly trying to tell previous episodes of the show. Yes. <laughs> it also kind of served as a uh, recap in, in that sense. Yeah, in a weird way. Uh, but I don't have too much to say because, again, it's... Yeah, this I don't story, have... it's, a, it's a collection of short stories and the stories are so, so short there's not really too much to comment on. Yeah. There, there's nothing else to comment on. It's I have nothing else to say, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to DuckTales. Got two episodes to talk about here, and like I said, one's a double wide. Uh, so we'll start with, you know, chronologically. Uh, season 3, episode 11, The Forbidden Fountain of the Forever Glades. Which is a reference to a, uh... Oh, excuse me. The Forever Glades were a, uh, a thing in both the comic and the uh, original cartoon. Because mm. I do remember the episode where they went to the Forever Glades to find the Fountain of Youth. Yeah. And the original DuckTales. Um, it, it didn't go like this, obviously. This is a very different thing that they did with this version it's of the story. It's very much its own. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, how long has it been since we saw Goldie? Like, middle of season two? Um... It was the, it was the Louie episode with the uh, frickin' doofus. That was the last time we... When they tried to scam him? That was the last time we saw her. Yes, yes it was. So it's been a while. It, it has, but yeah, yeah, it really has. Uh, 
I, I I'm kind of, like. It ended in a way like she and Scrooge are on good terms again, right? I, yeah, I guess so. I I don't. I I guess we'll see where what comes of it. You know. I I, I hope that I hope she stays on. As, as I, I like Goldie as a character, but I think I like her more mm-hmm. as an ally than an adversary. Oh yeah. I would prefer that they that their rival would become a friendly rivalry. I would honestly just like it if they t- became a permanent team. Honestly, if she just yeah, became part of the part of the group. Hmm. Guess we'll have to see. Yeah. I'm curious if they're going to explore her friendship slash motherly instincts for Louis. Honestly, I would like to see that. Yeah, I would too, because they kind of reference it in this episode when she sees them captured and she kind of, like, stops Yeah. for a minute to, like, look at him and then, and then you know, has a change of heart. Yeah, because he, he's definitely the one she sees the most of herself in. Mm-hmm. Which could lead to some interesting stuff between her and Della. Yeah, uh... I would very much like to see her and Della interact. Just even mm-hmm. without that bit of in- influencing it, mm-hmm. I would still like to see them interact because that would be very interesting. I would love an episode that's like the kids, like there's no there's no kids, it's just Donald, Della, Scrooge, and Goldie. Yeah, uh, throw Beasley in there too. Beakley. Beakley, sorry. Beakley. Throw Beakley in there, too. Mm-hmm. And then they try to invite Launchpad, but then he has Darkwing Duck stuff to do. Yeah. Or he's aw- he's already gone. Yeah. Or he's doing his stick with the the girlfriends that he... His many lovers. <laughs> we haven't seen that one in a while. I want them to bring that back again. Yeah, I liked that. That, that was a good one. They did it twice, and the rule of three says you have to do the joke at least one more time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's yeah. just me wanting a thing. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you wanting it. I did like the twist of the Fountain of Youth, like, exchanging life. Like, there's like it's not just, you know... Yeah, it has to take it from someone else. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, like, there's, there's no downside, really. Yeah, really. You just drink it. Like, yeah. It's an interesting um, price to be paid for the yeah. youth. Yeah. But not too much else to say. I, I mean, I, it was nice seeing Webby slowly turning into a <laughs> into old a person. Old person, yeah. Um, Curse the y- kilts. <laughs> seeing young... Scrooge and young Goldie was also fun. Um, oh yeah, we, yeah. We also saw what was his fucking name, Rocker, Rocket Duck and Rock. It's like a Rocket Ducker or something. Rocket Feather. Rocket Feather or something. Yeah, it's a, yeah. a Rockefeller joke, and I couldn't remember the exact thing, but yeah. Which we did see him at the beginning of this season or the end of season two. With he was a member of Fowl, so we knew yes. he was coming back. Yes. And we finally got to see him again. Yep. Uh, also, uh, actually, there is no also. (laughs) 
So yeah, let, let's uh, let's get into the meat of this upkeep in season three, episode twelve. Let's get dangerous. Oh, oh I loved this two-parter so much. This was a very good two-parter. Uh, like, I'm gonna just compli- let you go. Just, just go. Completely disregarding my personal bias towards Darkwing Duck. This also, like, it, it perfectly masterfully, it not only masterfully does a remix of the originally Darkly Dawn's The Duck two-parter from the original series, but it also forwards DuckTales' plot light, major plot light of this season at the exact same time, and weaves the two storylines together Yes, per- perfectly, which is, it would have been so easy for this episode just to be, it, uh, this is just our Darkwing Duck backdoor pilot, but it actually... It's still a ducktail story at the same time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Please feel free to interject at any moment because I'm I'm probably just gonna go. I, I told you I'm just gonna let you go. <sighs> but then I feel like I'm just rambling. Good. That's. Uh... What's the point? Of, I I really don't have much to say other than it was a good episode. Okay. Well. Um. The. Uh... The other thing is, of course, it's this entire two-parter is there's some deep cuts. Yeah. Like some real, real deep cuts that I didn't even know about until I watched some people's opinions on it. Mm-hmm. The deepest, the two deepest cuts are the Salego circuit. Mm. Salego was a villain from a crossover comic between the Disney Afternoon characters called the Chaos God. And he was a Chaos God called Salego. And I'm like, that's a deep cut! But the deepest cut is when Goslin is um, searching through the the dimensions. Mm -hmm. And we see the screen and there's a, a shot of some multicolored dog characters oh and, yeah and that is from a unpicked up pilot special called fluffy dogs that is about a group of dogs who hop through dimensions yeah the deepest deepest cut yeah um and of course they name actual episodes of the show because launchpad and yeah. Matt Drake are nerds. Yeah. Oh, actually, I do have two things I'd like to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, love seeing Bonkers show up. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Yeah, that was a good one. Bonkers is nice. Uh, I love Bonkers. Uh, genuinely, I love that show. Love that character. Me too. Um, and the other one was... I love how Drake really likes Fenton, but cannot... St- Dan Gizmo Duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's such a good dynamic. Yeah. I like that twist on the Darkwing Duck being jealous of Gizmo Duck thing from the original cartoon. Yeah. It's very good. Because that's that's definitely one thing that they got right about this Drake Mallard is that Darkwing like th- they kind of played it a little bit more extreme with Starling. And the fact that um, Drake is kind of a glory hog, yeah, just like just a little bit. But yep. then he never like he 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 sometimes like lets it get in the way. 
but when it gets right down to the wire, he is, you know, a real hero. And yeah. that's kind of where what this Drake is like. I mean, he, he is a uh, an actor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is an actor. Yeah. Which, by the way, th- which, by the way, he must be a pretty successful actor to be able to afford all that shit. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of it is, uh, Fenton helping out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, cause a lot, it's like all Fentech, right? Yeah, true enough. Uh, um, but I'm sure some, like, he, he was gonna be in a major motion picture, so he couldn't have been a nobody. Yeah, that's true. The, uh... The uh, there's a bunch of other like little things like um Goslin using the crossbow is a reference to her superhero sidekick alter ego uh Quiverwing Quack yeah from the original show and then um the other one is that um the obviously this is like like a, like I said this is a remix of the original two parter Darkly Dons the Duck and Taurus Bulba is the villain of that yeah and he is he in the original. The Ramrod is also a thing created by Goslin's grandfather, but it was like a anti-gravity device. Yeah. And he wanted to use it to like break into a bank or some shit, but the, but course. they kind of turned it to they turned it to something different in this. Yeah. Um. Also, even the um, I'm glad that they really were able to capture the emotional core. Of Darkwing Duck as a story, yeah. Because at the end of the day, the, the original show w- is mostly a comedy, but there are some moments of the show that really hit you right in the feels with the found family aspect of the show. I I always saw it as like uh... okay when I was a kid, not as an adult, uh, but when I was a kid, drawing simple comparisons, I always saw it as like. Full house if Danny was also Batman. Yeah. And yeah. Joey was Robin. <laughs> eh, uh, certainly a way to that's certainly a way to put it. Yeah. Um It's not a good compare but it, that that that's like what like when I was a little kid, that that was like my feeling on it. Um Yeah. Cause it had those like, you know Well, Stephanie, you know you just can't do that sometimes, you know? You may want to, but you just can't moments. But it was it more it wasn't the quiet Danny Tanner way, it was the nineties cartoon way. Yeah. Um I also really liked that they made the connection with um Dewey and Goslin. Yeah. Wanting to find someone who was your parental figure or family who has been lost to you. That that is very strong. It was very good and I'm I I didn't even think about it until it happened and it made me kind of cry. Understandably. Understandably. Um, it, it, it and going back to the emotional core of Dark and Duck as a show, it I think it they really get what each of the three people, the three main 
characters of Darkwing Duck or what their role is within the show. Mm-hmm. Drake is like Drake is the hero, and he's like you know that's he's the superhero, and he's prideful, and he's kind of got a bit of an ego. And I I I'd, I'd make the. I'd, I'd make the leap to say he's a bit of a glory hound with a golden heart. Yeah, he's a glory hound with a golden heart. That's Drake Mallard. Yeah. And then um, Goslin is the plucky, I want to do what I want, and I. she's young and she's reckless, whatever, but she's also, you know, she tries to push Darkwing toward being a little more courageous. Yeah. And, the, the la- and then Launchpad is, he's basically... Darkwing's moral compass. Yeah. Like, Drake is a good person, but Launchpad is such an empathetic and sweethearted guy that he acts as, like, this super moral compass and heart for Drake a lot of the time. Yeah. Within the show. Um, He's not just the dopey sidekick. He has way more weight and purpose in the show than that. Yeah. Um, but it was also, I'm glad that they didn't do, they didn't just throw out every single Darkwing Duck villain in here. Yeah. Because there were a lot of them. I mean, they they made reference to Jambalaya Jake and the Bugmaster, but you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw, you know, I got Megavolt and I was very happy. Yeah. Bushroot is definitely different from his original reincarnation, that's for sure. Yeah. Because in the original, he's kind of like this, like, weaselly kind of like, oh, oh, no, I I gotta, you know, and that's also what makes the joke about in in the beginning. Well, Bushroot isn't technically a villain, per se, when they they say that in unison, because he isn't. Yeah. He's a lot like Poison Ivy. If, you know. You cut out there for me. He's all like he's all like poison ivy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I the the feeling I got on uh, Bushroot in this version, he's like if Groot was evil. Yeah, pretty much. Like he's just a plant. He doesn't really talk. He doesn't really. He doesn't do anything. He's just a plant. Yeah, and um, if um. And Groot has a lot of character. I don't want to short shrift Groot, but if you took away the things that made Groot good, he would just be a mean plant. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the uh, the other thing that I was gonna say was that um, because Quackerjack, Megavolt, and with Liquidator and Busher, they get returned to the Darkwing universe. If we do get that Darkwing Dark reboot show, there are other villains that Darkwing Duck can fight that we haven't seen. Yes. Um, there's a Tusker Nini is like one of the first ones that comes to mind. Mm. Uh, he's like a walrus who's like a failed director. Yeah, that's perfect for Drake. And then there's um, uh, Amelia Pine who's a foul agent who's who's all about making essentially she has like a, she's like a super a super clean freak. Mm-hmm. And and uses like bleach and like other chemicals for her crimes. Mm. Uh, and then there's this woman I can't forget her name, but she's a uh, big 
big actress lady and she has ice powers and then there's a uh, Moliarty <laughs> who's just Moriarty if he was a mole. Yeah. But you know, I I'm rambling. Uh but just to say I hope we do get the Darkwing Duck reboot, but if we only get like every once in a while we just get like something like this from DuckTales, like a Darkwing Duck focused episode or yeah. two episodes, I'm I'm also fine with that. I, I could see we had one last season. Um and then we had this one this season. And then also Season two, we also had him show up, you know, in the against the moon and or whatever the the moonites or moon people, whatever. Yeah. Um. I I, I could see him being sort of like towards the middle of the season. He shows up, gets an episode, and uh, then he also shows up for the big fight at the end of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. but I would really rather he get his own series. I, I just really yeah. would. At this point, honestly, I want I want this to have been the backdoor pilot for the show. It definitely... It feels like it. No, the previous episode feels more like a backdoor pilot. Yeah. Or the correct. two of them combined, really. The two of them combined feels like a backdoor pilot. Yeah, this whole... Th- this and the, the original feels yeah. like backdoor pilot. You're correct. Because uh, they've set up so much, they've set up so much good stuff. Yeah, because the first one is the dawn of Darkwing, basically, or the yeah. the Duck Knight Returns is literally the episode of the title of the episode, and then the other one, then this one, it's like you know the the full team is assembled. Yeah. Um, origin, big origin story, you know. Yeah. And we set up our we set up plot threads about. Become the Drake and Goslin becoming a team and trying to find her grandfather and Taurus Bulba is out there as a bad guy and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many plot threads that they've kind of set up for a, a series. I would really. Not to I mention like... Negaduck. Hmm. Not to mention Negaduck. Yeah, that's a threat still looming. Um. If they did do a whole series, I would also like to see new characters, not just returning favorites. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've done that with DuckTales, so I would love it if they did it with Darkwing as well. Yeah. Uh, Like, you would know this. I I imagine you'd know this. Using Batman as a comparison, as we have, Mm -hmm. you know, Bushroot as Poison Ivy, whatever. Is there, like, a Catwoman character at all? Like, Um... uh, like a... Romantic tension. It's not really a question of will they, won't they. It's just a matter of how long will it last this time, sort of thing. Morgana Macabre before they worked it out. Yeah. Because she was a villain in her original appearance. Ah. And then her and Darkwing kind of became an item. Okay. Which they could play up a little bit more of that if they wanted to. Yeah, they definitely could. Um. Because I, I feel like in an adventure title, as much as I don't enjoy romantic subplots when they take up like too much of a focus, I don't mind like there being a romantic interest character. 
um, I actually like it when there's a romantic interest character. I just like it to be sort of cut and dry, like, yeah, they, they, the feeling's mutual, the, the attraction is clear, just don't make it take up too much of the adventure, the, the time, just don't take too much time away from the adventure, is yeah. where my heart lies on that. Um, now what I would really want is something I'm never gonna get. What? Oh, uh... Drake and Launchpad being domestic dads. Oh but yeah, I'm never, I'm never gonna get that. Uh, I, I'll be real with you. Mm-hmm. I see Launchpad more as uh, you know, goes on a couple dates, but I, I can't picture him in a long-standing relationship of any sort. You say that as if Drake and him basically don't live together and raise Goslin in the actual show. Okay. I don't see him being in a long-standing romantic relationship of any sort. I just... he has too, He's too childlike to me. Uh... You know what? We're not... We're getting... We're gonna get into that Castlevania debate again. Okay. Uh... It's... It's... You know, we're gonna get into that again, and I don't wanna... Like, there's... Okay. Okay. We, I just want to. I just. I just want to make sure we're understanding. You understand what I'm. I'm. I'm not like. If the show told me that that's what happened, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm. I'm a okay with it. I like it. it it's cute. But I just. I. I don't know. He just. He has like the. He's he's weirdly emotionally intelligent, but he's also just he didn't know what Halloween was, and he's in his thirties. I don't know how to tell you this, but this is a cartoon. I know for, chil- but, but, for children. I know, I know, but it's still just and it's it's a joke. I know. <laughs> that he's stupid. I... Like I think you're thinking about it a little too hard. I would just like him to be single. I guess. Hmm. I mean, that's fine. Maybe because I see too much... Like, I, I relate to him? Hmm. Maybe that's what this... Yeah, you know what? Alright. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm a nerdy, kind of stupid 30-year-old who just likes to watch old TV shows and talk to people about the things I'm nerdy about. Mm-hmm. And I just don't have the time of day for dating. I'm not aromantic. I, I have romantic desires. I have sexual desires. But I just... The idea of dating is abhorrent to me. Uh, so what you're saying is that you can launch Pad McQuack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. I had I had to say it. I had to put you on blast. Yeah, yeah, you had to put me on blast. I just I guess that's what Ken means. That's I, what it is. It's like I relate to that character and I've begun projecting onto him. Yeah, that that is exactly what Kenning is. God fucking damn it. Okay. <laughs> uh while I wallow in my shame, 
while I wallow in the, the filth of my own shame over what I have just admitted uh, to. Um, uh, only thing I wish they'd done differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish they kept sort of like... Obviously, I don't want the characters to sound exactly the way they used to. That That's stupid. I don't want the same voice cast. I don't. It, it's a different series. It's they're technically different characters. They're different versions of characters. I just kind of wish Goslin still had that sort of like cracky, um, scratchy voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's just so like ingrained in my head. I just wish she said she had said Keen Gear. Because that was her catchphrase from the original show. Yeah, I'm sure. Although she she might have said it, and I might have just missed it. I I don't I don't remember. It I I forgot that she had a catchphrase. Yeah, Keen Gear. <laughs> she said it all the time. All right. Uh, he had a motorcycle in the original cartoon too, right? Yeah, totally. He we had the motorcycle, and he had the thunder quack, the, the plane. Right. Yeah. It it was basically the same design as this one, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much exactly the same. Also, um, there's another thing that um, I hope they introduce to add to not just the Ducktales lore but um, Darkwing lore. Mm-hmm. Is the opposing organization to Foul Hush? Oh wait, no, they did. Yeah, they, they did. did that already. That's what Mrs. Beakley Be- worked for. Yeah, that's right. I hope that Darkwing becomes a works for them because that's kind of what it was early on in Darkwing. He, that's how he. he because Drake doesn't actually have a job. Yeah. He just works for Hush. Yeah. But uh, I... You know who else I hope they do introduce... A character they I hope they do bring back? Who, the Muddlefoots? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. The Wacky Neighbors <laughs> slash Goslin's best friend. Yeah, Honker and the Muddlefoots. Yeah, yep. I, I like I them. Want, I, I want that too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, that that's uh, that's season three, episode that's... twelve. Let's get dangerous. And that's the upkeep. Yeah, that's it for upkeep. So we're gonna take a short break, and when we get back, uh, clean the lenses of your telescope and keep an eye on the house across the street because we're going to Monster House. See you then. And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, so yeah, let's let's uh let's do Monster House. This is my second favorite uh, Halloween movie. Uh, my first favorite. We'll be talking about on Halloween itself. Um, I don't remember if I've said what we'll be talking about then or not. Did we say? I, 
Uh, do we want to just say now? Yeah, sure. Uh, we've talked on Halloween, the eve of Halloween, Halloween itself. We'll be talking about uh, uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. I would have. Uh, I would have. Now, see, the thing is, is that um, Scooby Doo and Zombie Island isn't my favorite Halloween movie. It's one of my favorites. If I if I had my choice in this Warner podcast, it's about animation. I would have picked Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Oh yeah, because that's my favorite Halloween movie. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's the Great Pumpkin. Charlie Brown is my favorite Halloween movie. Period, and that's mostly because it's not scary at all. It's just, it's just a, it's just a fun cartoon, and I, I have always loved the Peanuts. But that's, that's not what we're talking about now. We're talking about uh, Monster House. Came out in two thousand six. Directed by Gil Keenan. It was written, written by, uh, hey, Dan Harmon and Rob Schrab, uh, with a few other people. Uh, also written by, uh, Pamela Petler. And, uh, but the story concept comes from both Dan Harmon and Rob Schrab. Um, Dan Harmon's a, a known quantity, so that kind of explains... Why I yeah. like this so much, because I really like Dan Harmon's stuff. Yeah, it does It does go a long way to explain it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, basic premise is, you know, this, this neat old crotchety man, Mr. Nebercracker, uh, lives in this creepy old house across the street from our hero, DJ, uh, who's kind of paranoid. I mean, he was right, though. <laughs> he was. Just because they are actually out to get you doesn't mean you're not paranoid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. Um. Um. But yeah, ba- that that's basically it. Uh, and it turns out uh, everyone thinks Mister Nevercracker killed his wife, but it turns out, I mean, he was involved in her death, but he didn't kill her. It's an accident. It was entire. Yeah, we don't mean that in a fishy way. It, not a. It was a accident. It genuinely was an accident. She stuff happened. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, but and then now and now her ghost possesses the house. Yeah, and Mister Nevercracker's a mean old get off my lawn man because he's trying to keep everyone safe from. His possessed house. Yeah. Stop them. Stop the little kids from getting eaten by the house. Yeah. Uh. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Laser. Okay. I have. I wasn't super looking forward to watching this movie. I, I could tell. Because, I mean, it's it's not one of my favorites, and I think it's kind of okay. Okay. But there are a lot of things I like about it. Okay. Like, I do really like um, the Goonies-esque feel of the movie. Yeah, it really has that. That's not too surprising because, A, it's Dan Harmon. And he loves doing that sort of uh, referencing stuff that he liked as a kid or even liked as a teenager or 20-something. But more than that... uh, Steven Spielberg, Rob, Robert Zemeckis produced 
Um, and they're, they're all over, you know, that era of, you know, kids on bikes horror yeah, ki- movies. Kids on kids on bikes is such a, like, perfect... I remember hearing that phrase... For, you, remember, you ever hear a, a thing for the first time, like, a phrase to refer to a very specific type of thing, you immediately know what they mean? Yeah. When they said kids... I heard about the RPG kids on bikes, and I was like, I know immediately what this RPG is. Yeah, it, it's Goonies, it's, uh... Uh, it, it's Stranger Things, it's it's... All that stuff. Stand uh, by uh, me. Stand by me. Yeah, stand by me for sure. Sandlot. Um, sa- yeah, Sandlot. Uh, I think Kids on Bikes generally specifically refers to horror more than other stuff, though. Well, um, I mean, Stand by Me and Sandlot both have horror elements in them. Yeah, I guess. Stand yeah. by Me for sure. Stand by Me is fucking Stephen King. Of course, it has horror elements, but Sandlot I never really associated with horror. Um, but it definitely yeah. does have scary parts. Like, there's no denying that that dog is. Ooh, that dog. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh. So before before we really get into this movie proper, uh, got a hell of a cast. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, Mitchell Musso is DJ. He he's uh he's one of them Disney Channel kids. Yeah, he was on... Wasn't he on Ewan Stevens? Or was it a different show? I think Mitchell... I thought he was the guy friend on Hannah Montana. Yeah, he was the guy friend on Hannah Montana. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was that was after my time, so... Yeah. Uh, Nick Can- he's also Nick the voice Cannon. of Jeremy on Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, Nick Cannon is also in this. I think he's the black cop. Yeah, he's the black sheriff. Or deputy, whatever. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, well, there's only one black character in this movie, so that really narrows it down. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Steve Buscemi's Nebercracker. Uh, that, th- that was Steve was, Buscemi? That was Steve Buscemi. Holy shit, I didn't recognize him as Steve Buscemi. That is a man who, when you cannot see his face, is totally capable of disappearing into a role. Kevin James was also in this. Yeah, he was the sheriff. Uh, Fred Willard was the dad. Uh, mm-hmm. Titan of comedy. Catherine O'Hara was the mom. Uh, yeah. Freaking Kathleen. Mary Kathleen Turner. Yeah. What? I was I was like I was looking at a. Oh yeah, little... Kathleen Turner's Constance. Yeah, she she just barely has any lines, but. Yeah, but she's also a titan of the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Hedder as, uh, Skull. Oh, yeah. Huh. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite himself. Yeah, as the, uh, yeah. Yep. That was Kinda a obvious. fun character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I that... forgot about that line where he was like, you make me want to throw up some tinfoil and eat it. Yeah. That, that scene where he just, he runs back, takes a bite of the chocolate bar, just, just like, open mouth chews in their face and then runs back away is the weirdest funniest shit in the world and it (laughs) that that is that's a day in harmonism that that's him that that is exactly his direction not to get too in 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 inward on the joke but that is a thing that uh montana would do oh absolutely (laughs) mont uh 
well, now we have to explain this because I have more I want to say on that. Okay, sure. Uh, we, we do a, uh, every once in a while, every once every blue moon, we do this uh, D&D campaign that Kai DMs uh, called Neverwinter High, which is basically, you know, modern day high school fantasy with D&D characters and D&D races and classes and whatnot. And I, I play like, He's kind of a bully, but he's more just a dirtbag because he he's the bully who wants to pick on people bigger than him. Yeah. But he's not above giving a wedgie if a nerd attacks him. <laughs> As we discovered a couple times. Yeah, he uh he has an attack that's just wedgie that deals what like 1d4 psychological damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um it, it... The whole thing is called Fast Times at Neverwinter High. Fast Times at Neverwinter High, that's right. Uh, As a reference to Fast Times at, uh, what was the name of that? Ridgemont that High. Ridgemont, Ridgemont High. High. Yeah. And, uh, but, but Montana, my character, uh, Tiefling, started out as a ranger, but multi-class into Warlock because story Re- reasons. But Story reasons. Yeah, he's like a perfect combination of skull and bones. Yeah. Uh, from from both characters from this, and Bones is played by Jason Lee. Oh yeah, that is him. Uh, there are a lot of like little jokes in this movie that are like that joke was not for the kids. That was for the parents or the like older the, siblings. Like the the when the police officer just like guzzles half of the can of freaking cold medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Like Jesus, <laughs> that one yeah. was the that was the that was the that was the worst one. Yeah, it really was. Um, th- uh. I real I really do love this movie. And then uh, Z is Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, the babysitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no one else of uh, is this person any. Mm-hmm. There's another character who's had a lot of small parts in, like, stuff, but no, no, nothing really phenomenal. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. the, I, I, like most things that Dan Harmon does, th- this is, it, it's dark humor. Yeah. Uh, but it also has a lot of heart, I think. Personally, in my it has like a weird form of heart, but it still has heart. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not. But. No, no, no. I can agree with that. There, the some of the aspects of this film, I, I mentioned that like again, this, I don't have super strong feelings about the film, but there are elements of it that I really, really like. Um, one of them being, uh, there are in the beginning of the movie. And in some of the middle parts, there are some genuinely good horror moments. Yeah. The uh, the two in particular at the beginning, one where DJ is sleeping, and we see the shadow of the house slowly creeping into his room. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, the other one is when he gets prank called, and he tries to call them back, and he hears the phone ringing from the house across the street. Yeah. Genuinely pretty creepy. Yo, it's uh, 
Should we go more into plot? Oh yeah, for sure. I and mean, we could just let's just fucking just go in there. Okay. You know? Uh, so basically, the premise is it's a couple nights before Halloween, maybe the day before, something like that. Uh, yeah. and uh, DJ, his parents are going away. His mother's kind of his mother coddles him. His father kind of wants to throw him to the lions. Uh, so he lives in that weird hell zone that is the middle ground of those two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but he's also one of those kids that, and this will tie into the next one, no one really listens to him. Like, not even his friends really listen to him, because Chowder is completely dismissive of him at the start. I mean, understandably. Yeah, I mean, he's paranoid. <laughs> but, um... It, it still sucks being dismissed oh, yeah, no, it, like that blanket. Like, oh, yeah, um, totally. It does. It does. Um, and then he has, you know, the baby... They leave him with a, a babysitter, Elizabeth, who wants to go by Z, who... She looks like, you know, your typical good girl at first, but then as soon as she figures out the parents are gone, Cardi comes off, hair comes out of a bun, and she's a punk rocker. Uh, yep, and then she brings her shitty boyfriend over. Yeah, shitty... Code beer swilling, Mountain Dew code red personified. Uh, <laughs> Mountain bones. Dew code red personified. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. That's just a really <laughs> good line. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Bones. Uh. He's he's a, he's a dirt bag. He's a huge dirtbag, and then eventually, at a certain point, uh, Mister Nibbercracker, quote unquote, dies. And, yeah, and they go into they keep going to the assumption that it's his ghost haunting the house, trying to kill people, and then it's yep. up to DJ Chowder and their new friend um, Jenny, Jenny, to try and figure out either how to tell the parents or any adult figure that the house is trying to eat people, or to try and stop the house. And because they're kids on bikes, no adult is listening, so they have to take it into their own hands. They even call the cops, and then the cops get eaten by the house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not only the cops, but the cop car. <laughs> yeah, the cop car, they, the cops themselves. Their plan was... plan was a little... I mean, it probably would have worked, honestly, as stupid as DJ... As, as much as DJ was like, this was a stupid idea. Probably would have worked. I, the, the, dumb, the dummy full of cold medicine? I really... I don't know. Like, I, I... I think in a world where the plan went off, yeah, it probably would have worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no. I, I have nothing more to add to that. Um, also, I really like... Um, Jenny's introduction. She's like, she's very much like Z. Yeah. Uh, but she's more ambitious, really. Mm-hmm. She's she hasn't turned cynical yet. Uh, yeah. Hopefully she won't. But. And it's understandable why DJ and Shadow would immediately be like, "Wow, she's so cool." Oh <laughs> yeah, because she's canny and she listened to them and she's capable yeah she's like the very definition of the tough girl trope 
Yeah, I'm also super glad the whole Chowder and JJ Crushing Hunter thing kind of only came up like twice. Yeah. And it the, didn't the, become like a running thing throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it it's definitely better that way. Uh, I also, personally, I like it because... It, it's kind of something little kids at that, like, just about to hit puberty would be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh... But it didn't get to turn into some stupid romantic subplot rivalry bullshit. Yeah. Um, Which would have kind of honestly... It would have taken away from the film. Absolutely. It, it would have... I can imagine there was a version of a script that had the, had it in there. And someone's like... It's too much. You just cut something. And they were like, oh, we'll cut that. Because it's stronger without it. Yeah, and it kind of adds nothing to the film yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Because, I mean, the focus should be on the kids and the trying to figure out the mystery of the house. Yeah. Which they eventually do, because we talked about the car, cop car gets swallowed up, and they end up inside the house without the house knowing that they're not eaten. Yeah. And they, they make it into the basement, where they find... Must be like 40 years of, uh, 46, actually he says 46 45. years, 45. 45, 45, 45 years worth of, uh, lost toys or claimed itself, toys, I should say. Which in and of itself is really creepy. Yeah. Like, why not just throw them into the street or like across the street or something or off your property? Why not just chuck it into the basement? Yeah, I don't know. It's really it's really weird. But I mean it adds to the the creepiness factor though. It does. And it it gives something to do at the end uh which we'll get to. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um I do uh, really like the uh the aspect of even when they're inside of the house it can like manipulate the various parts of its body to like yeah, attack them. Yeah, it, it has complete control over its over its form. That's not just its form, but surrounding things. Yeah, like the basically the the, the trees in the yard. Even it was able to manipulate, which I thought was kind yeah, of a cool. That was aspect of it, for sure. It, it it that is an extremely powerful poltergeist. Very. Uh, Const- I, I, to for not to put. <gasps> Holy shit! Yeah. Oh. Can- did you? Are we having the same thought? I don't know if we are. Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. I would have loved a. You know, remember in Casper, the live-action movie, when freaking they had Bill Murray show up. Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> "Call someone else." Yeah. And was like, man, that would have been really good if we had gotten that with this movie. But that's asking way too much. Yeah. I would have been happy if they could have just gotten the likeness rights and then got one of the guys from real real Ghostbusters. Oh, like Egon or whoever. Yeah. yeah. Just get who- oh. whoever it is that voices Egon or get uh, Lorenzo Music or whatever. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. But um, anyway. Uh, and they find the dead body of... Uh, Nevercracker's wife encased in cement. Yeah, that was 
that was also creepy, but... I mean, we later ex- see the explanation of why it was like that. Yeah. Um, And also why he couldn't really do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, So I, I see the... Um, basically the little shrine he built with the the old circus cage around it. It's less creepy to me with that cut co- with the context of you can't bring anyone in here to get it. Yeah. Which, and, which uh, is, which, which is kind of, I think the point, cause the kids are making those exact assumptions. We are as the audience. Yeah. About, about the creepiness factor. Yeah. Uh, but after they get out, uh, because their their plan fails, and after they get out, turns out Neverkarker's alive. Yeah, he just had a heart attack and maybe broke his arm. Yeah, he he, he is very old. Yeah, that's an old man. Very old man. And then we, um, after DJ kind of comes to that realization about him loving his wife and not killing her, and it's her spirit and all that, he tries to pull Nebercracker away from basically a curse that he has to live in this house and try and keep people safe. Yeah. And when he tries to eat, reach out to Nebercracker, that's when the house decides to get up and we get we start to get to the climax of the movie. Yeah, that, which they... It is uh, foreshadowed earlier on when we... When he... When they meet up earlier at the uh... the construction site with the thing, yeah, I was literally yeah. about to say that the, the the whole the whole climax is set up that, and we see that Nebercracker was a demolitions expert in his photos. Yeah, the whole thing is set up like really early on. I really like that. That that yeah, uh, I'm telling man, I, I, what's your opinion on Dan Harmon? Um. I can appreciate his work, but I don't think a lot of it is for me. Okay. Uh, I I just... That's fair. Um, I, I just think when we're talking about things like foreshadowing and setting things up in the first act for them to... Chekhov's gunning, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the master of that. He will set up things in the first act and they will absolutely pay off in the third that is his yeah. strength. That that is... It's present in every episode of uh, Community that he directed or wrote. It, it's present in so much of uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, everything he's done that I've seen, it's present in. Which is... Mm-hmm. N- to my knowledge, it's just those two things and this. But it's... I've probably seen other stuff too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, let's let's get into that uh, before we get into the climax. So let's let's talk about Constance. Let's let's. Uh, oh yeah, the the flashback scene. Yeah, she's um. She was the. Uh, she was a giant. She was in a freak show, sideshow, yeah. freak show, whatever. Uh, none of it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and she um, either traumatized or she had some sort of mental deficiency, I reckon. 
or uh, both? Probably both, yeah. Uh, mental deficiency isn't the right term. Is it the right term? I don't know. It. She. She definitely has trauma. She we'll say that. for sure trauma. Yeah, you you don't. I don't you think don't, we get an. I don't think we get enough of her to really examine her. Yeah, you know, she certainly like, has trauma. I uh, can't say anything more than that with certainty. Um, yes. Uh, because she she just can't. She doesn't want anyone else other than Nebercracker around. Yeah, because um, she he's the only person who's ever shown her any shred of kindness. Yeah. Which, you know what? Yeah. Fair. Fair. So it's understandable why when the kids show up and start pelting her house, which she sees as a symbol of something that is finally... She's happy. Yeah. And now these children coming to pelt her with eggs and tomatoes like she back... When she was in a cage on a in a freak show, yeah, makes her kind of angry. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it it's it's fucked up. It uh, is really fucked up. Uh, that that that's also that that's right on course for what it's going for for. Like the things it's referencing for, the 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 type of story it's telling. Um, she d- she doesn't want her house to become another cage. Yeah. But it becomes Nebercracker's cage. Damn. Shit, you're right. <laughs> um, I I gotta say, I I was thinking this when I was watching it. Um. Hmm. Specifically towards the end, like after the house is defeated. Um, and now knowing that it's Dan Harmon, that man, th- th- this is. This says a lot about a certain type of person's opinion on marriage in general, on relationships and mm-hmm. what what it's like being in one. Because it, it's like the epitome of the take my wife, please kind of comedy, but not comedy. It's just marriage is fucked up stance. Mm. Um, that that's how I took a lot of it. Cause I mean, I guess maybe that's oversimplification. Cause Nebercracker really was trapped. It, it literally was a cage. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, I don't think that's a commentary on marriage. Yeah. It's just the way, the way, Buscemi played it at the end. It felt more like, uh, more like the way like one of those like old kind of comedians would be like, "Hey, you, you you made my wife go away. It's all good, man." That's uh, that's not how I read it at all. If <sighs> how I read it was, it was he was so caught up in this like. Thing to protect people and like live in his house and be alone that he didn't know what it was like to interact with other people and the moment anyone showed and he could never really put his wife to rest he never had the heart to do it until yeah. someone 
you know, brought it forward to him and showed him that because because if he destroys his wife, he has nothing. Yeah. Like he has, he's alone. But then he realizes that he's not, and he could have reached out to other people. Yeah. And that's how I saw it. That's how I feel it was written. Mm-hmm. Um, that like that—that's what I feel like the writer and the director's intent was, but it's just in the way Steve Buscemi portrayed the character, it felt to me like the other, and it felt right. out of place in the rest of the story. Is what I, what I want to say. I don't see that at all. Okay. I'm I I don't in any capacity. It just felt like a weird performance choice because it felt out of place to me, and it, it just—I don't know. I, I don't see it. Okay. Uh, but when I said that there were multiple things I liked about this film, yes, one of them is the climax. Yes. At the end, where they blow up the house, and there's the whole thing with the the. Swing from the crane and the dynamite and the chase—it's all really, really good. It's yeah. a really, it's a really heart. It's a really pulse pounding and exciting and and cool climax. It really was, yeah. It it was really it. It was so good. Uh, it it requires a lot of suspension of disbelief, but it mm-hmm. it was really, uh, it was really solid. It was fun. It, I mean, it was. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're already this far in the movie about a ghost haunting a giant house, your suspension of disbelief is kind of, you know. You'd be surprised. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, because like I I don't know I don't know um. Suspension of disbelief is weird and it's different for everyone. It, it's very much a personal thing. Like. Yeah. You can accept that a person has possessed a house. And that's fine because that's the rules of the world that's created. But there's something about, you know, some, what, like 12, 13 year olds uh, mm-hmm. being able to climb all the way up a crane without getting tired is. And then, usually, when you got a crane that tall, there's winds and they're moving around like there's no, like, wind buffeting them. It, it, it's weird. You. Certain people, myself included, get hung up on the little details. Um, ah, so it's the lead fridge syndrome. Yeah. For those who don't know, I'm talking about the scene in Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where he survived the nuclear bass by hiding inside of a lead fridge. Yeah. Because we can believe that Indiana Jones is trying to find the Holy Grail and the Ark of the Covenant and it melts all these Nazis. And we can believe... All that, but surviving a nuclear explosion inside of a fridge—that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh. I never really gave that one much thought. <laughs> I mean, it's just the—it's just the—it's one of the. It—it's it, the—it's the best example. Like it—it's the trope. It—it's the trope. Like I—I I understand that. I just, I just yeah, wanted which... to make clear that I that that yeah. that's not the perfect example for me, but it's a very good example. It's one um, I never got, either. Because it's uh, like... Because, okay, because in all some of the other movies, he pulls some similarly stupid shit. Yeah, he really does. Um, 
Which, I mean, and then I know, you know what? Looking back on it, I know why people look point at out because it's the whole... The thing with disbelief is that if the movie is entertaining and interesting and engaging, you're willing to forgive it and suspend your disbelief more. But the more you... Th the more the movie... The less the movie entertains you, the more you start to pick apart its bullshit. I would also just say, like, then, even without that scene, that movie was disappointing. I don't um, think it's. I don't think it's the worst thing in a Jones movie, though. No, Temple of Doom is without a doubt oh, the worst. Oh, yeah, Temple of Doom sucks. Uh, th th there's nothing redeeming in it. Uh, it's, enter it's entertaining, but it's a bad movie. Even though, like, I at least once a week I will uh, like hold my hand out towards my dog and just go Kalima. Uh, that just lives in my brain forever. Rent free. No, no, it pays rent. Uh, because I don't want it there, but it's there. Oh, you know what? I know you edit the show, but when we, I just had a thought. When What's we up? cut from this from the week to this segment, can we put in a Darkwing Duck theme chip tune? Oh sure, yeah. Cool. Uh, let me let me. Find my notepad so I can write that down. Yeah, it seems appropriate. Yeah. Um, okay. Upkeep to. What's what's a curtain? What? What's a curtain? We don't know. Oh, I could, I could cut this part out, really. Yeah, no, it's just. I mean, we we always do this. Yeah. <laughs> Inside baseball is fun. Inside baseball is fun. We're not only showing you how the sausage is made; we're actively like t making you touch it. <laughs> okay. Touch the sausage. Yeah. Uh, we're letting you make the sausage. No, that's not quite right. Um, we're making you watch us make the sausage. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, the the climax. I do really like the um when the uh the monster the house itself gets like smashed up by chowder and then it becomes that like other form. Yeah, that like just the sh ball of splinters. Yeah, like the more the more crazed that her ghost becomes, it, it is reflected more in the house itself. Yeah. And I really like at the end when they hear her and they go to see Nebercracker dancing with her and, and yeah. the, her spirit in the smoke, and then she finally passes on, and she's finally free. Yeah. It... <sighs> you, you you can see why I like this so much, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I understand why you like it, and I like, uh, and I really do like some aspects of it. I just, as a, as a package, it's not one of my favorites. It it's definitely not a it's not a Jewish thing, it's no. And I'm not quite what... sure what the quality of it is that makes it not a Jewish thing, but I just know that it's not. Yeah, me neither. It's one of those things where you just can't quite, you know. It's hard it, to I quantify. Have... Yeah, I don't think I can quantify why I don't like this film as much as you do, because like, again, there are things I like about it. It's just like I don't think there's enough things I like about it. Maybe. I don't know. 
I don't know. Sometimes it, you, sometimes you can't explain why you don't like something. Yeah. Which I mean, for me, I don't, it's... I don't hate this movie. Yeah. I just I just think it's 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 a fine movie. Yeah. For me, it's sort of like the tone of it is just I like the tone. It, it's um, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the kind of thing I'm a sucker for, and also it the town that they live in reminds me of my hometown. Oh, that yeah. that always makes me more inclined to like a a place like a movie if it reminds me of home um mm-hmm. and then just sort of the nebulous like is it the 70s is it the like early 80s 2000s what 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 what's this time period it's somewhere between there but it's nebulous so yeah right yeah, it's pretty nebulous. Uh, and I always enjoy that sort of thing, too. Uh, where you, it, it, It's not quite timeless, but you can't quite place the time. Yeah. It's in this weird, like, paradoxical nebulous state, like you said. It, it's definitely 20th century, not 21st. But yeah, for sure. where in the... I, I even warrant to guess it's pre-1997. But beyond that, I don't think I could really... And it has to be, like, post-71. Because mm-hmm. you see Chowder playing Pong at one point. Yeah. Or something similar to Pong. Yeah. So some, some one of them Vigi games. Yeah, one of them early, like, pre-Atari type video games. So somewhere Commodore between... 64. Commodore 64. Yeah. Or just like the Pong machine. It was a freestanding yeah. machine that only had Pong on it. ColecoVision. Um, ColecoVision, yeah. Um, something. Something. Yeah. Maybe one of maybe one of the early Ataris. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's just one of those like somewhere between the seventies and like ninety four. I think is a is a like a, a fair guess. Yeah. For where it is, uh, and. That's a period of time I love seeing represented in TV, uh, just because I've always been obsessed with the 70s, and later on I started to really dig the 80s feel and stuff like that. Um, that's why it, those are the main reasons it resonates with me. Also, it, it has a lot more heart than people are willing to give it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the, the core of... The whole thing with Nebuchadnezzar and his wife is genuinely really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably what, like, catapulted it into, like, my heart. Mm-hmm. Just the, the, that part of the story. Um, it's very much, like, a weaker version of the opening to Up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of, it, it tugs at the same heartstring. It's not fair to call it a weaker version, but it just it goes for the same heartstrings that the opening to Up does. Yeah. Um. This came out before Up, right? When was Up? It came out before. It did. Okay. Um. But I don't think anyone has a monopoly about old couples. Yeah. It. Of course not. But. Um, I think the other reason I liked it is because the first time, like, I saw, like, a trailer or just the poster, I was like, this looks stupid as fuck. 
And then it was just one of those things. It was on Cartoon Network. I had nothing better to do. So I just had it on. I was like, this is really fucking good. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was just so surprised by it that it instantly became something I loved. Uh, just because I was surprised, genuinely. Um, and that's pretty rare. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you got anything else you want to say about the climax? Or about this uh, in general? I, yeah, I've, I've kind of said my piece about the whole film. I've said what I really like and my just general feelings. But hearing you talk and watching it again, I still don't have super high feelings about it. But mm-hmm. I under- definitely understand why you do. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I even if you told me I fucking hate this, I'd be like, yeah, fair. <laughs> I completely understand that. Because... Um, I've definitely had that feeling with other stuff that people love. Um, yeah. Controversial. Like, there's one that's just super controversial that I think you will get super pissed off about. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't want to... Fuck it. I don't really like Nightmare Before Christmas. And it has nothing to do with Christmas. I mean... It's just... It's just because I'd had it hyped up to me my entire fucking life, and I didn't see it until I was in my 20s. No, and, no, that's fair. Yeah, and I, when I finally watched it, I was just like, this is what all the hullabaloo is about? No, I feel that way about Akira. I feel that way about Akira, too. <laughs> I, I can appreciate things about Akira, uh, just from like a like a technical standpoint or from a like a cultural impact standpoint, but I just don't like watching Akira. Exactly. I like Akira is important to animation as a whole and the perception of animation in Japan and whatever and it's a beautifully animated movie, but that doesn't mean I have to like it as a storytelling device. Yeah. I you know I'm curious to read the comic. Uh I I've been curious to read the comic. Um to see if I'd maybe like that more. Um I also feel this way about Ava. I've never really sat down and watched Ava. I don't like Ava. Fight I don't me. blame you. I don't blame you. Fight me, nerds. <laughs> uh, well, now we've gotten our thermonuclear takes out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, like, but, but, again, I'm not gonna belittle people for liking Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna be like that's mm-hmm. stupid. I'm I'm just gonna say it just wasn't for I I was not I I didn't see it under the right circumstances. I like Nightmare, but I acknowledge that it's a little overrated. Yeah. I, I just feel like if I had seen it when I was when did that come out? Like ninety six, ninety seven? Yeah. If I had Around seen there. that at six or seven years old, I would probably feel the same way. Uh, like, the same way that the majority of people do. But I didn't. And so I don't. <laughs> um, no, that's fair. There, there are some things that... I think there's something to be said for... Um, it's not just about nostalgia. Like, I don't think that's a nostalgia thing, you know? There's yeah. something to be said for watching something without any preconceptions. You know? Yeah. And, and like 
ha- and also it's it's a combination of ha- watching with a preconception and watching it during a very formative time in your life. Yeah. I um on that note, it, I understand why people want to go into things without spoilers. Yeah. Uh, because it's very much something like that because it, I think spoilers are well for me there there's a couple generally I don't care about spoilers. Um, but there's a few things out there that I actively try to avoid them for, uh, specifically like when I was super into Marvel movies and when I was super in, and well, no, uh, yeah, when I was super into Star, into Marvel movies and just Star Wars, anything, I try to avoid spoilers. Yeah. Um, but everything else, it's like, no, I, sometimes knowing a spoiler will help me get hyped up to watch it. Um, yeah. If I know something good's happening, because it's about the context of the spoiler, not the existence of the spoiler. Um, as long as you don't give me the context, then it's all good. But uh, I do kind of understand the uh, not going into not wanting spoilers because it doesn't allow you to get preconcepted preconceptions. Uh, yeah. Sorry, not preconcepted preconceptions, just preconceptions in general. Um, yeah. Because preconceptions can color your opinion of any piece of media, positive or negatively. Absolutely. And Nightmare Before Christmas was... I don't know how why we're talking about Nightmare Before Christmas so much. We're not even talking about it this episode, but we may as well at this point. I mean, you. But um, I, mean, you may, I, I brought it up uh, as I an mean, example. Of, I think we should save any of the talk when we actually talk about that movie. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good point. I just just on the topic of preconceptions. Um, yeah, yeah. I knew nothing about what happened in Nightmare Before Christmas when I mm-hmm. watched it. I just do Jack Skellington sings a song and yeah. there's a sack man named Oogie Boogie. Who's great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But I had had let's see, it must have been easy. Like, uh, over 10 years. Over 10 years of People being like, you haven't seen Nightmare for Christmas? And seeing, like, all my, you know, little emo gothy friends uh, wearing, you know, their Jack Skellington hoodies and going to Hot Topic and seeing it plastered with Jack Skellington and uh, Oogie Boogie and then people drawing the comparisons between it and Corpse Bride when that came out. And Corpse Bride I saw pretty soon after its release. Uh, I saw that in in school. Uh, My TV production teacher showed it to us. As an example of stop motion animation, um, but I think it was just he wanted an excuse to show it to us because it was fun and we had nothing better to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just like I had all this like spoiler-free exposure to it, and it just sort of built this preconception in my head. And when it came to, it, I was like. I don't feel blown away by any of this. Yeah. Except like a, from a technical standpoint, like the 
the way stop motion always blows me away. Like, regardless of anything else, it blows me away. But just from, like, a pure movie viewing component, I just, yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like that that's maybe a little bit how you feel about Monster House. Uh, yeah. Like there's I a lot guess. of there's a lot of individual parts to it that you think are really good, but the package on the yeah. whole just ain't for you. Yeah, pretty much. It just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, and that that's how I feel about Nightmare because it's like I like the songs and stop motion. I love uh, which mm-hmm. it's a good segue to our next topic. Uh, but on the whole, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm super looking forward to actually talking about that movie because I'm. Because you're going, we're going to have to analyze it, and I'm wondering if your any of your opinion might change at all going back to it, at all. Um, you know? but I don't want to like you know. I've seen it a couple times since because I was like I should. I, 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 well, every few years I get this like I should give this another shot, and yeah. I kind of always come back with the same thing. But I just want to say I'm. While I don't enjoy it, I'm not dismissive of it. I don't oh, write yeah, no, it off. No, I, I I just no. I understand. Yeah, it's just not for I me. Com- I completely understand how you got to that conclusion and opinion. Yeah. I get it. But, uh, um, anyway. Yeah, uh, I got nothing else to say about Monster House or really nope. this conversation that has spawned from Monster House. I mean, uh, it was a good conversation. It certainly was. Um, but yeah, we're going to take another break. And when we get back... Uh, I don't, I don't have a, a clever joke for this, so Paranorman. <laughs> uh, we'll see you then. I can see dead... I can see dead people? No? There's got to be a joke there about six uh, I know you can see dead people, Norman, but can you see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? <laughs> I don't know why that one got me. That was, that's really funny. It's, that's, why is that funny? That shouldn't be funny. <laughs> that that that's that's what came to my mind when you said I could see dead people. <laughs> that was really fucking stupid. I love it. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you then. All right. Later, folks. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Little ghost, little ghost, what I'm scared of most. Can you scare me up a little bit of love? I'm the only one that sees you, and I can't be much to please you, and it's not your time to meet the Lord above. And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Time for our next segment, uh, Paranorman, 2012, Leica Studios, uh, directed by Chris Butler and Sam Fell, written by Chris Butler, uh, and it's got a pretty good cast of stars, too. Uh, I mean, some of these people I don't know the names of. I don't I don't know who they are. I mean, Norman. John, I, mean, I mean, John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Cody Smith. 
McPhee is uh, Norman. Is Norman? Uh, oh, in X Men Apocalypse, he's Nightcrawler. Oh. Uh, that's the only other th- thing I really know him from. Yeah. Uh, Bernard Hill is in this, and he was um, Theoden from the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just going down the list here oh, on IMDb. Uh, Tucker Albrizzi is Neil, mm-hmm. or Albrizzi. Uh, He's all, he was in Big Time Rush. He, w- Yes, he was. Yep. Why do I know that? I recognize... Why? Yeah. He was also in Mr. Inglacius. Uh... The Big Bang Theory, AP Bio. Mm-hmm. AP Bio was pretty fun, actually. Uh, I'd be surprised if that's still on, but I would also be surprised if that was still on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Isn't Casey Affleck in this too? Yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah, he is. He's um. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll. Let's, uh, Anna Kendrick is Courtney, uh, the older mm-hmm. sister. Yeah, uh, Casey Affleck is uh, Mitch, uh, Neil's older brother. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Mintz Plasse is Alvin. Uh, you would know him as Fogel from Superbad, better known as McLovin. He's also, uh, sorry, McLovin. what? Yeah. McLovin. <laughs> uh,. He was also uh, Red Mist and Kick-Ass. Mm. Uh, oh, and he's Fish Legs in uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Oh. Uh, Leslie Mann is Sandra. Uh, Norman's mother. Jeff Garland is Perry. Uh, yep. Norman's dad. Uh, I love Jeff Garland. He's always funny. And uh, freaking John Goodman is the uncle. Yeah, I Neil's guess. uncle. The uh, the crazy old man who lives in a shack. Yep. Um, I don't think any. I don't think I recognize anybody else though. Uh, I feel like there's someone else I recognized. Going through this list. Uh, well, Aggie. Aggie is Jodel Furland. Um, she has some other roles, but. She, I don't think anything major, really. Um, mm-hmm. She was in Silent Hill. She was Sharon and Alessa. Oh. Uh, the 2006 movie, Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, the, the original movie, yeah. Yeah, she's done a lot of horror stuff, basically. Um, Got it. She was in Bigger, Fatter, Liar as Becca, which I don't know what that is. It's a sequel to Big Fat Liar. Well, obviously, but... Oh, right, yeah, that's the Jim Carrey movie. I always forget about that one. Um, Is this... This is the first stop-motion film we've talked about, isn't it? Yes, it's the first one we've talked about on the show. Um, Yeah. Unless you count... uh, uh, Unless you count our little conversation on Nightmare uh, last segment. No, it it doesn't... (laughs) No, but you know what I mean, though. Yeah, it, it's the first segment focus on a stop motion. 
Like how Kung Fu Panda was the first CG film we talked yeah. about. Yeah. There was someone else that was familiar. Jack Blessing as the, the slob or the Civil War ghost. Oh. What, do, what do I know him from? I don't know. He, he The name is familiar, but he's just a lot of... He has mostly additional roles type voices. Got it. Um... But the name's familiar for some reason. Anyway, yeah, that's enough of that. Um, so yeah, this 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 is a really good movie. Uh, it, it is. This is like like I've said at the top. I hadn't seen it up until now. Yeah, I, I'd seen it once. This this is my second viewing of it. Um, mm-hmm. I really like this like, movie. Yeah, it's a good one. Just as like a this movie's about. Um, a boy named Norman, yep. who can who can see ghosts, and of course yep. because he can see ghosts, he constantly talks to them, which causes everyone in the town, and his school, to think he is a freak, and bully him. Yeah. Um, this also creates a common thread between our last movie, where our protagonist people just kind of write him off. You know, people, TV people. Don't believe him. Um, it, it, it reminds me of a bunch of art, fan art on Tumblr that came out when this movie came out. And it was Dipper, Norman, Wirt from Over the Garden Wall. Yeah, I remember seeing that stuff too. And sometimes DJ from Monster House all kind of like hanging out. I never once saw with D- one with DJ. That... I, saw it a co- I saw it a couple times. Man, that, wow, yeah. Uh, mystery horror kids. Yeah. Uh, does Leica have a bad movie? Uh, I haven't seen all of them, so I can't say. Of the ones I've, of the ones I've seen, I don't think there's been one that I've disliked. I heard that they do that dog movie, or is that a different studio? You mean Frankenweenie? No, no, the, the the life of the 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 one that was directed by the same guy who directed a uh, freaking the whole oh god, it's gonna bug the shit out of me. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna look this up. It was a dog. It was a island of dogs. Oh no, I don't think that was the. It, you mean the the same studio that did Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't think Wes An- I think Wes Anderson started his own stop motion studio for those two movies. Yeah. Cuz they they Cause... don't feel like uh Leica's tone or Leica's art style. Yeah, cuz I was about to say cuz I heard that movie was real racist. I am unsurprised. It's Wes Anderson. It's about twee white people. That's basically all he ever fucking does. No. It's not. It's because it's about a Japanese boy. Yeah, but what I mean is, it's a guy who only ever writes and directs twee white people. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to do something that's not twee white people, but will appeal to twee white people. Fair enough. Uh, but... just mean it's unsurprising. But they did. Um, they also did Kubo and the Two Strings, which. We'll have to cover at some point. 
Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I, I see where a lot of the criticism for that movie comes from. I think having Matthew McConaughey voice a Beatles samurai is a weird choice. Um, I mean, yeah. I haven't seen it, so I can't say. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it also... Uh, they also did Coraline. They did yep. Coraline, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they did, did Frank and Weenie. Were they... Did they do James and the Giant Peach? No, that was Tim Burton. That was Tim Burton. Okay. Uh, I know that a lot of people from like a like who that formed came like from a, that team came from that team. So got it. They might okay. as well have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I gotta say what um before we really dive into the movie on the whole. Hmm. You know what the art direction and not so much in other Leica movies, but specifically Paranorman reminds me of mm. Psychonauts. Yeah. No, I see it. I yeah. definitely see exactly what you're talking about. It's very similar character design. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the other kid that was in the mystery kids art was Rasputin a lot. That yeah, that that makes so much sense. Honestly, I'd read that. Yeah, uh, I'd watch certainly that, better but... than Super Who Lock. <laughs> yeah, well, or that's... what was that other one? There was another big crossover that I used to see stuff for. It was like Frozen, Tangled, Brave, How to Train Your Dragon, and Rise of the Guardians. Yeah. Uh... Mm-hmm. I liked Rise of the Guardians. I thought that was a fun movie. Yeah. Um, not deserve. I don't Sorry. know what we would pair it with. <sighs> we'll figure it out later. That's yeah. That's for that, off, that's, that's, for, that's for another time. But uh, yeah. Uh, but I definitely see the Psychonauts comparison in terms of character design. Yeah. I, I could say the... that about Cor- I could say that about Coraline too. Honestly. Yeah, Coraline. Coraline feels like most tonally connected to Psychonauts. Not that any of these are connected to Psychonauts, but uh, like just like the yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I I I don't know, man. I feel like Tim Schafer should work with with Leica on something. I think that's like a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Um. But as as for the, did you want to move on to the actual movie, or did you have something else to say from a broader strokes perspective? Uh, no, I was, I was just going to ask if you had something more no, you no, wanted. No, no. no? okay, well, let's just I'm let's good. just jump into it. So, uh, you know, opening shot: Norman's watching a zombie movie with his grandma. Turns out his grandma's a ghost. Yeah, I did like that because it was like it wasn't obvious it was a ghost, and then when he says grandma says her feet is cold, yeah, like, grandma's dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, is dad such an asshole? He really is. Yeah, he's, and he never gets any comeuppance throughout the whole movie. No, he doesn't. Besides it's the like... fact that now that he has to believe that his son actually can talk to ghosts. He doesn't get any real cup muppets. 
Yeah, he does. I mean, by the end of the movie, he does. You know, I mean, I do like the the ending scene where he says, "Hi, mom." Yeah. I thought that was pretty good, but um, the and we sort of see him, you know, going through his day, talking to all the ghosts that kind of hang around, and how him talking to all the ghosts and just kind of saying hello alienates him from everyone, and that's further hammered home when he goes to school and. There's the bullies, and everyone treats him like trash. Yep. I forgot Alvin existed. I mean, he's a bully character. He's pretty yeah. forgettable. I, I just forgot that he was in more than the opening, like the opening sequence. Yeah. I mean, he kind of adds nothing. Yeah, he... Because, just... I mean, if you wanted a comic early, if you already had the older brother... And Neil. And, Neil and, and the older brother are comic they, relief enough. <laughs> and Courtney has to have a character arc. Yeah, and, and her character arc is coming to believe her brother's... Like, become her brother's ally, basically. Yeah. So Alvin serves no purpose in the story. Yeah, he doesn't. He's just... There. A pervy, creepoid, bully kid. Yep. But... Uh, he serves less purpose than Bulk and Skull did in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. At least Bulk and Skull were funny. And that's what I mean. <laughs> uh, that That's basically what I mean by he serves less purpose than them. Did you know they were going to get a spinoff? God, I wish they did. They were, and there was a whole... There was like this a season, uh, a couple seasons of the show... Where Bulk and Skull were um, turned into chimpanzees, and it was a way for the to get them out of the studio so they could only do voice work and to possibly do stuff for the cartoon, like not the cartoon, but the the live action show that they were gonna have a spinoff of or whatever. I didn't. I didn't. I don't remember the monkeys. I remember them doing like they first teamed up with like a cop, and then they were teamed up with Goldar at one point. Well, no. What happened was is that um. They became cops. That's right. Yeah, and then during the time that they were cops, they got turned into chimpanzees. Oh. And there was a thing with Goldar where Goldar lost. That was an episode where Goldar lost his memory, and they he he turned he basically became their manservant until he got his memory back, and then he beat him up. Oh, that's. Yeah, I guess I I guess memory from when I was a child stretched that out more. Now, the only reason I know this is because of History of Power Rangers by Linkara. Mm. But most, a lot of my deep, deep Power Rangers knowledge comes from that whole series, honestly. Yeah. But, um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Boom, sorry, uh, just one other thing I wanted to say. The Boom comics really do right by them. They turn them into actual characters, and I love it for that. I mean, they 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 are actual characters by the end of by by the by their last appearance within the the franchise, you know. Yeah, I don't think I think I saw them once. Like they're they're in the they're in the first episode of Galaxy, right? And then just yeah, because they, they their character arc was over at that point, and that was yeah. just sort of like a, oh hey, nice, that's a nice reference. Yeah, because their final character arc moment was at the end of In Space. Yeah, but um. Anyway, it, 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 the comics give them more heart, though. I mean, like it. 
They're, they're, they're less they comic have, relief. They, in... they have a lot of heart in the, the all the stuff that they show up because they've showed up throughout the entirety of the franchise. Okay, then I'm going to need to... I'm going to need to do a deep dive into that because I just remember them being dumbass comic relief. They are, but they also are... There's a lot of, like, real good there's stuff. There's nuance to that dumbass comic relief. Yeah, there's some good stuff. There's an episode where um, they're on a gladiator planet and they <laughs> get sucked in with the, the rangers and they free this lizard gladiator man and team up with him to, like, fight some of the bad guys. And they, they kind of they 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 have this long multi series arc throughout the, the the early seasons of the Mighty Morphin era. Okay. Well, but but anyway. That's that's yeah. Uh got to move on. Yeah, sorry about sorry about dragging us on that tangent. Um it happens on this show. As it sure discussed. does, but I still feel like I need to apologize for it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think this is we were talking about um, the opening of the, the movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, he lives in a. It might as well just be Salem, really. It's it's literally it's just it's it's literally in Massachusetts. Yeah. So like, why wasn't it just Salem? Probably. Uh, wasn't this going on right around the time of Sleepy Hollow? Was that a couple of years late? That was a couple of years later, actually. It's not like Sleepy Hollow has, like, freaking... Sleep... Yeah, it doesn't really get into Salem. I don't know why I brought up Sleepy Hollow. Um, yeah. I feel like... I don't know. Maybe it's uh, copyright issues. Maybe it was caught up in something else. Maybe it was just to make it more generic. It doesn't, it doesn't matter at the end of the... At the end of yeah. the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. But... Um, but... After we see his bully, he he meets he meets Neil. Yeah, who's also bullied, but because he's fat and he has allergies and his skin breaks out easy and he's got irritable bowel syndrome. So he's me. Yeah, same. <laughs> Except I don't have IBS, but I used to. I've got everything, but I I've got everything on that list except IBS. <laughs> yeah. Um. That was. He was just me in middle school and high school. Jeez. Uh, just add the um, the ADHD and the Aspergers. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But anyway. He's... He, he probably has some ADHD, too, honestly. Possibly. Uh, I don't know. But Whatever. We're, um, we're not medical professionals. No, but I mean, I have ADHD. We, we both have ADHD. It's true. You know, game I'm recognizes right game. Now. <laughs> uh, I like I constantly stem while doing this podcast. I okay, but anyway, I I I, I mm-hmm. we're we're going into territory that I know jack shit about. Well, I mean, it's uh, yeah. Not every, but not everybody who has ADHD stems. It's just sort of like a a common thread with a lot of people who have it. I, I was under the impression that that was more of a uh, autism thing than a or a well, spectrum thing I, than a. Well, well, I mean, ADHD falls under the autism spectrum. Oh. Yeah. 
It's a whole okay. thing. Autism encompasses a lot of things. Okay, good to know. Which why it's called the spectrum. Yeah. I, okay. Uh. But learn something every day. Yep. Uh, but, but Neil's the first person to ever like you know be like yeah that's cool that you can talk to ghosts. Yeah, or believes him. <laughs> yeah, or believes him at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And that's also when we meet Pentagast. Yeah. Creepy uncle. Yeah, Mr. Pentagast. Pendergast. Pendergast, uh, Pentagast, whatever. Same difference. Yeah. Um, I liked him. He was fun. Um, I, liked his desi- I liked his design. Yeah. Um, I did like that scene where he died. And he was like, not yet. And he just fell over dead again. Yeah. <laughs> The the comedic the jokes and the execution of the jokes in this movie are phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of dark humor. Yeah, you know I love that. Um, macabre, macabre humor. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Coraline? Yeah. Okay. Um, Coraline. I feel like drawing comparisons isn't unwarranted because it's, you know, two horror comedies uh, by the same team for the most part. I mean, Coraline's a Neil Gaiman thing, but... Uh, I mean, also Coraline leads more into the horror fantasy aspect. That's what I was going to say. That This, on, on the um, horror comedy scale, Coraline leads more horror and this leans more comedy. Yeah, and Coraline um, leans more into the fan- way more into the fantastical. Than yeah, this. yeah. Th- this is more grounded fantasy. It it's like there's yeah. zombies and ghosts, and that's kind of about as far as it ever goes. Yeah, we we don't see any other sort of magic, other than we know that she was playing with fire, which is kind of a vague statement. And it talks, could be a lie. So <laughs> I mean, she's talk, she talks to ghosts. Yeah. That's enough to be burned at the stake back in those days. Yeah. Uh, talk to spirits, literally. 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 You could, be a do- you could be a fucking doctor and be all into science and they'd call you a witch. Yeah. Back in those, back in those days. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, um, sorry, go mm -hmm. on, go on. No, 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 it's just like anything that wasn't the Puritan way of life was, you're a witch. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, okay, good. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I, I like how it leans heavily into the, like, 1960s, like, B sci-fi horror monster flick, like, sort of. You know, you've got you've got the the Scream Queen, which is uh, Courtney. You've got you know the the Doctor, which is kind of split into two between uh, Norman and Neil a little bit. Yeah. And then you've got you know the uh, the the face, which is Mitch. Uh, I guess you could kind of say it that way. Well, I mean, like literally, if if. The other comparison would be the Scooby Doo, 
you know, Mitch is Freddy. Uh, Courtney is Daphne. Yeah, and then Norman is Velma, Velma. and Neil is Neil is Shaggy. Shaggy, yeah, and I guess that makes Alvin Scoob. <laughs> That's an insult. That's an insult to Scoob. It really fucking is. Um, I would never put that onus on Scooby Doo. How about Scrappy? <laughs> nah. <all right. laughs> to quote, to quote. Will Fer- like to quote the ballad of Ricky Bobby, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Don't don't I, I don't want to put that evil on Scoob. Um Yeah, that's right. Ballad of Ricky Bobby references in the year of our Lord twenty twenty. I love Taldig and Nice, my dude. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the greatest I think I've said this on this show before, but that is one of the greatest quotes from anything ever. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Yeah. And, and just the conviction that uh my that the Michael Clark Duncan has in that in that line it, it's what elevates it. This is a kind of a side note, but like his character in that movie, there's like a rando guy who looks a lot like him and that's the guy who's trying to get his shit from the vending machine. Kind of looks a little like him. Like who? You know like the the Michael like like him in that movie, the the guy we were just talking about. Michael Clark Duncan. Wait, was it? No, no, never mind. Sorry, I was thinking a different guy. Sorry. Michael Clark you, Duncan is no, like no, 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 a, no, no, a seven no, foot tall black man. No, 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 no I'm I'm dumb. <laughs> I was thinking of the other guy. The the Bob Ricky Bobby's best friend. Oh, John C. Riley. Yeah, that guy. Mm, he I looks like guess. him in that movie. He looks like him in that movie specifically because he has the hat. He's got kind of the like, curly hair. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. John C. Riley's got a broader frame than him, which is my nice way of saying he's he's like us. <laughs> he's more rotund. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I see what like you're saying. Hmm? Did like that scene. That was a good joke. Yeah, not that waiting for the vending machine. Yeah. He's like, then he he just like gives up, runs away. But then he see hears it fall. He comes back and uh, grabs it and goes. Yeah, but that that was really good. Uh, th- there's a lot of I like. I like the scene where the zombies are seeing the reality of modern life, and then like and they get scared. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> I didn't I didn't see the um, the town just fucking going full, jo- like. Romero zombie foam on their asses like without like I, I didn't see that bit coming honestly yeah I thought, I thought that was just gonna be a whole like run away from the zombies the entire movie yeah it, it's it, it, it went the uh, zombies are nothing more than uh, humans in a mob oh yeah sort of way sure. uh, which I mean it's like how Romero did the whole commentary about the zombies in the mall. Yeah. Day of the Dead. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead? Day of the Dead? One or the other. I, I don't remember. I. It's hard to keep track of them sometimes. Yeah, a little bit. But, um... Uh... The, uh... The other thing... Just to talk about the animation for, like, a hot second. Sure. Um, there are, Laika 
has mastered stop motion to the point where I forget this movie is stop motion. Yeah, they, there's, they are, it, it's so fluid. Like, I'm, I'm so convinced sometimes that this is just super stylized CG when it's not. Yeah. It, it, and, it, yeah. And you have to take a moment to be like, this is stop motion, realize some of the shots and how, how they did them. Like, the, sh- how did they do the zombies coming out of the ground? Like, can you imagine the amount of work it must have taken to have the zombies slowly crawl up out of the ground, breaking apart, and I mean, make it look natural? There is an easy answer, but it's not a satisfying answer. Uh-huh. Very carefully. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, like, it's just uh, when you think about the Yeah, no, it, it's fucking wild. It's... It, 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 it boggles the mind. Or freaking... Not like Aggie's ghost. Yeah, that's a that's a or or even just the cloud formation that is Aggie. I think, I think the cloud formation is not stop motion. I think it's CG. Yeah, probably, probably, and also like, like the like the spectral energy, the whirlwind of all that. That that's probably yes, yeah. It's a combination of the two. It's it's using both elements to like because there's some of this stuff like there's no way this could be ever pulled off with stop motion. You know what? That probably. I'd be willing to bet that Aggie is CG too because she's just a little too translucent at times. I think it's a combination of stop motion and CG. Like parts of her are stop motion, but the other parts are like CG. Maybe, like yeah. Using both at the same time, kind of like using um, CG with um, practical effects in live action films. Yeah, probably, probably. It it wouldn't be that hard. It'd just be scaled down, really. Yeah. Uh, the most of this movie is just like really fun comedy and like a long chase or whatever, and the comedy is really good. But the best aspect of this film are Norman's whole arc, and yeah, his arc with with other people and the people around him, and him trying to not only come to terms with his own like deal but also trying to help someone else who went through the same thing he did. It, it, it's him realizing that he he shouldn't have to be alone, and he doesn't want to be alone, and he doesn't need to be alone. And then he has to convince Aggie that it's the same. Yeah, it's... Because early on in the movie, when he meets Neil, he's very hesitant to even, like, you know, talk to him because he's had so much bad experience with everyone around him. I'd ever. say that's a kinder way of what I would say. I'd say he's dismissive of him. Yeah. He, um, just, he doesn't want to deal with people. Yeah. Because they've, they've constantly disappointed him. He's written everyone off immediately. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to blame him. It It really is hard to blame him. And you can really see at the end of the film where, like you said, it's trying to... Con- he's not just talking to Aggie. He's kind of... I think some of the things he's saying are realizations he's having about himself in that exact moment as he's saying it. For sure. Like, without a shadow and, of a doubt. 
like he could be just talking to himself and not just another person, but you know, yeah, I think that would I think that would detract from, you know, absolutely. Um, and talking about the the animation again with Aggie, the I love the when as he keeps talking about her story and stuff. There's all those shots of you can see her face splitting in half. Yeah. One part of it is the evil witch that people have preconceived her, but the other half is the little girl that she actually is. Yeah. And it's very subtle, but very, very good. Um, and I don't know. We talked about Monster House having a lot of heart. Now this movie. Yeah. Um, th- th- this going even further back in our conversation, mm-hmm. uh, this is a better movie, like hands down. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, this is uh, a, like yeah. no, no controversy, no, no disagreement there. No, I don't think anyone will fault me for either of us for saying this is a better movie than Monster House. Um, yeah. it, it has way movie. more heart. It it's way better done. It's almost in a sense more heartwarming in by the end of it not you don't really get to that sense of heartwarming until the very end um like unlike monster house the emotional core of this movie isn't a secondary character exactly um i i will just say the, the reason i like mon i think the reason Monster House is higher up on my list is because I expect that from Laika. Mm-hmm. And I had zero expectations on Monster House. Yeah. No, so I it surprised that. me way more. Um, but yeah, Laika, Laika knocks it out of the park every time. Yeah. Um, I really did enjoy all the... like. When he was talking to the 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 people who had hung, uh, hung her or burned her at the stake, which oh yeah, oh yeah, that was yeah, that was the first one. Um, and he was basically not only taking his anger out on them for doing that to a little girl, but basically it was him realizing that you're just like everyone else that I've ever met. Yeah, it, it, he was. Not only confronting these zombies, he was also conf- basically confronting every person in his life up to that point. And before they came in, that was when he told them to all leave, even Neil, who was only supportive of him. Yep. And it really wasn't until Courtney stepped in and in that scene that he... I think started to have that realization that there are good people... Yeah. It, it it took all of this for him to, you know, come to terms with that. Which uh, is a really like I don't I hesitate to say that how do I put this? This movie has has a really heavy theme for a quote-unquote children's film. Yeah. 
and I, I, I was trying to figure out a best way to say it because I, I really dislike the whole notion that animation is only for children. Children, yeah. Um, I will say this. Mm-hmm. If I could remember what I wanted to say. Um. um shit. Um We were saying emotional heaviness, animation not for children, accepting other people, some people are good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera him turning away other okay. people. Yeah, I, I think I remember. Um, the the point where Courtney actively chooses to become his defender um, in a story about ghosts and possession and all that stuff that to me is the most unbelievable yeah and I think that's maybe what you're trying to get at a little bit maybe hmm? I'm sorry I didn't I didn't catch that oh, one sorry um I was thinking maybe that's a little bit of what you were trying to get at a second oh, yeah. ago yeah yeah um, I just, I like it because it's clearly the most wish fulfillment part. It's the most escapist. It's, it's the point where you have, where you realize this is fiction. So things can turn out better than they would in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is the most. I, I just I don't have enough faith in people to believe that that would actually happen. Well, well. But it's fiction. So, you know, this is the, you know, best case scenario really. And so, and you know, best case scenario, yeah, I can believe that happening, but not I mean, we not rarely to call get... you out. I mean, it's your cynicism is not just showing; it's being put on full display for everyone to see. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a gigantic cynic. Um, yes, we know. Yeah, that that's. I like to think I, I also tend to be an optimist sometimes with certain things. Um, there's only so there's only so many times the glass can be half full. Yeah, that's basically it. Um... I generally believe that things will turn out for the best in the end. But mm. that's really only without human interaction and human interference that I believe that. Mm. Um, my, my cynicism is completely directed towards people. Um, What's that line from Men in Black? A person is smart, but people are stupid. Yeah. Yeah, uh... That, that that is like something I hold as a fundamental truth in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and that should be pretty apparent about how I react to most things, really. I'm I'm one of those people that is firm a believer of humans. Not only humans have the infinite capacity for cruelty and all the uh, all this other stuff, but they also have the infinite capacity for being good. I do. Um, I, I believe that too because I I believe human potential is infinite. I truly do. Mm-hmm. For anything, I I truly do. Um, it's our own shortcomings that blind us to that though yeah it's our own fears it's our own anxieties it's our own we are our own worst enemy we are the only thing that is capable of actually keeping us back which honestly this seems like this seems kind of like slightly off topic but that's kind of partially what the film is trying to say yes yeah because the, this film takes a cynical look towards people. It, it really does. It, 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 it shows yeah. both the infinite cruelness and infinite kindness. Yeah. Uh, but it shows that extenuating circumstances, it, it takes a second for the infinite cruelness to come out, but it takes extreme situations for the kindness to show. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's sort of where my mind rests. That that's, I I agree with you on that. But I just, yeah. <sighs> There's nothing wrong with taking some of that with, you know, a grain of salt. Yeah. I get it. Everyone has their own levels of tolerance and patience for people. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. But enough about our philosophies about life. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, talk no jutsu kind of wins the day. <laughs> talk no, talk no, I mean, honestly, I would be disappointed if it didn't, considering that the fir- one of the first lines of the movie is the grandma saying to him, if they just talked about their feelings, maybe they could work it out. Talk about foreshadowing. Yeah, seriously. And also the fact that he's his whole deal is that he can talk to ghosts. Yeah. Talking. You know, like... Communication is king. Like, just yeah, communi- really. Uh, brutal, honest communication is king. Yeah. And that I do also truly believe. I also think... Um... Oh, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I- I'm with you there 100%. I think everyone would do a lot better without irony and sarcasm. I think those are also literal poisons. Um, Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, Much as I enjoy, like, in I enjoy sarcasm in fiction and in comedy, but I don't care for it much in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. Mostly because I have a hard time reading it. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, we just said we weren't going to talk about our personal philosophies, but there we are. Uh, <laughs> there we are. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. It's, we're already here, you know. Yeah, th- this movie is one of those things that is really capable of pulling it out because this movie is about philosophy in the end, about the nature of man. It, it, like, like any good horror story, it's about the nature of humanity. 
Yeah, and it's the classic people fear what they don't understand thing. Yeah. You know? Which is true. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, it really is. Sadly. Onto something a little more lighthearted. Yes. Oh. I think my favorite joke is probably when they're all just kind of sitting in the back of the car with that one zombie. Yeah. And he's just kind of like pointing in, the, in a direction. Yeah. And it's just the and the, the mom just pulls out the little like spritz bottle without a word. Yeah, the little bottle of perfume or whatever. It's very good. Yeah. And also people would kill us if we didn't mention Man, you'd love my boyfriend. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch, the the, the big plot twist. Mitch is gay. <laughs> Which, I mean, hooray for that, but also I kind of wish that that was, you know, actually... Something explored? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, if they had explored it, it would have killed the joke a little bit, but... Yeah, it would have. That... I'd take that sacrifice. Yeah. Good job, Leica. You, got, you, get, you get a brownie point, but... You get half a you get half a point. You get half a brownie point, but you got to do better than that. Yeah. I don't. I. I. People. Were, I remember when this movie came out. People were like, "Oh, look at look at this, look at that," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool and all, but it's literally the 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 gay representation equivalent of SpongeBob going, look, Gary, there I am.' Yeah. Like it's nice. I don't want to take take away from that, but at it, the same time, it's just time, played for a joke. It it's yeah. not really. It it's not. You know. And you know, I mean, there's some people where it's not. Well, I can't really say that. I've never known a gay person that being gay wasn't a major component of their personality. Really, uh, mm. I've heard tell that there are people where it. Maybe one day when it's no longer a contra- controversial statement to say I'm gay, uh, there will mm-hmm. be people where it doesn't have to be so, you know, the out and proud is necessary right now. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm belittling people for that. It, it's a necessity right now because yeah. people are too willing to just write it off as, oh, that's not really a thing that's so often... It, visibility is important. Visibility is key. Um, yes. So, I'm gonna be as gay as possible in front of you. Yeah. Um, and that's... It, it's, you know, and, and it's also... Being vocal and being big and proud about it is basically a sort of... Um, it's kind of a, a autocorrect on for a lot of people who were like in the closet for so long and they kept it in for so long that they're finally be able to express themselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, you know what? You be the best you you can be and let everyone know who you are. Yeah. As long as you're comfortable, but that as long as you're happy. That that that, that is That's yeah. the goal in life, ain't it? To be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, you gotta do what you can to be happy. Uh, not at the expense of others, but 
you definitely gotta, you know, find your happiness. Um, hey, Lizzie, you know what makes me happy? What? Doing this podcast with you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I hit you with a genuine emotion. Uh. <laughs> oh no. I hit the Grinch with a genuine emotion. I ain't the Grinch. <laughs> Fuck you. You know what I mean, I though. do, yeah. Uh, and on that note, I, I do I don't love have doing too much this podcast to with you too, though. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's a fun. Uh, it's a fun time. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Where else can I call someone out for kinning Launchpad McQuack? <sighs> <laughs> now my fuck you is genuine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, it ain't. I'm, li- I'm just no, no, no. Listen, I think the ultimate expression of friendship is laughing, it's, uh, laughing, saying "fuck you," and then saying uh, "yeah, I love you too" <laughs> in the same sentence. Yeah, uh, th- I, I don't enjoy that personally. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I do it, but I don't know. I, I. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd rather. Uh, I. Uh, this is getting too personal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, fair enough. We'll move on. Yeah. Uh. But I don't have too much else to say about Paranorman. Yeah, neither do I. I don't have anything else to say. So, if you got anything so else I'm, to say, now's your shot. So yeah, no, I got nothing. So, on that, on that note. I guess. Uh, no, I'm not taking away your job. This is your job. Yep. Okay. So you've got. All right. So yeah, that's Paranorman. Uh, that was that was a maybe a little over our pay grade, really. But I mean, you know, this is what happens when you're. We just kind of say what is on your mind at the moment, and you don't think about it. Yeah. Uh. But can't stress enough i do love this movie even though this is oh, yeah. only my second time seeing it genuinely love yeah. it. it there's some movies where it's like i love it but mm-hmm. it just stuck with me so strong that i don't feel the need to watch it again you know what i mean no i, I get exactly what you mean yeah like i love this movie only part of this the only thing in this movie I forgot the existence of was Alvin. <laughs> I mean, he is the only pointless part, so, yeah, you know, he, under, understandable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is a damn good movie. If you haven't seen yep. this, I don't... Uh, well, I mean, you hadn't seen this until now. Um, I mean, I had been meaning to. It was on the list. Okay. Um... And to believe we were originally going to do uh, Hotel Transylvania this episode. I thought we were going to do Coraline. No, 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 no. We, we'd agreed on uh, Monster House and Hotel Transylvania. Uh, but then... We can do... We can, yeah. We'd met, one of us had misspoken at one point, I think last week, and said Paranorman instead of uh, Hotel Transylvania. But I think... 
doing Paranorman fit a lot better with Monster House. So I think we got a stronger episode for it. So I'm all about it. I think Hotel Transylvania is next Halloween. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that with something else that's like less spooky. like Silly. Yeah, like not at all. Like It has monsters and it has, you know, bats and it's nighttime and it, it, it takes like horror cues. But it's not at all scary or intimidating or spooky really. It's just a fun cart. It's, it's a fun Gendy Tartakovsky cartoon. There is a term for this. Spoopy. Spoopy. That's what spoop that's the epitome of what spoopy is. Okay. That's what that's what spoopy's all about. It's like the Halloween you know, aesthetic, but without being scary. Okay. I thought spoopy was just like the equivalent of saying hello. It it is, but also I think it's a shorthand for it, it's come to mean the other thing as well. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, something that's more spooky than spooky, because this I think deserves the title of spooky. Yeah, it's spooky. This Monster is... House is also spooky. Yeah, these are proper horror films. Um, uh... but they're light-hearted horror. Yeah, they are. They're even if they're Paranorman not... covers some heavy topics, it's still light-hearted in the end. It's a comedy in the end because everything's yeah. happy, hunky-dory at the end. Uh. Happy ending. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's Paranorman. We're done there. Uh, we're going to take one more short break, and when we return, we're going to close this bitch out. We'll see you then. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? Alright, and welcome back to Acme Podcast Incorporated. For the last time this episode, uh, we are going to close this shit out. I'm going to bring it on home and... Yeah, uh, this is this this was a good episode, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. We got a little, little heavy there, but I guess the subject matter kind of lended itself to being that way. Yeah, I I think that's the that's just the nature of like a studios anything. Mm-hmm. That that's just their shtick. They they like to throw in some heavy shit, and so our conversation has to lean that way. Otherwise, we're doing sure. a disservice to the the stuff. Yep, for sure. Um, but uh, that's the show. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, with the show, with like specifically the show, you can find you can email us at uh, acmepodcastsinc at gmail dot com. Give me that email again. That's acmepodcastsinc at gmail dot com. That's right. And uh, other than that, you can also find us on Twitter at Podcasts Inc. That is at P O D C A S T S I N C. You can also find us on Tumblr, uh, acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcast.tumblr.com. 
That's correct, and we've already discussed this. There's nothing in the Ask Box this week, and I checked the email, and we got nothing in there. Uh, but if you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, recommendations, suggestions, anything, you can contact us at any of those places. Uh, I don't know if our DMs are open on Twitter. Uh, I'd have to check. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, don't just just go to the Tumblr or email us. Yeah, if you're wherever you're listening to this, be it iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Yeah. Give us, give us a, give us a review. Give us a rating. It really yeah. helps. Yeah. Give us, a, you know, some five stars would really help. But don't don't lie. You... If if you yeah, don't g- think yeah we're... don't. If you don't think we're doing a five star job, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> Basically. Um, Tell us how we can better do a five-star job. Yeah, like uh, you know, rather than just you know, fetch about it on on iTunes reviews or Spotify reviews or whatever, you know, uh, help enact the change you want to see in a piece of media, and uh, you know, contact us. Tell us what you think we could do better. Tell us what you think we could stand to do worse. Genuine, crit- genuine criticism is yeah. appreciated. Yeah, uh, as long as it's not just you guys suck. Cause I mean, honestly, that would it when you get to the point where someone's yelling at you, you suck. That means that there's like ten other people that say they that, that are like you guys are good. Yeah, but I'd still, you know, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, I have a very fragile ego, and by fragile ego, I mean I have no self-esteem. So. Hmm. Uh, or sense of self-worth. And now I'm oversharing, so let's just keep rolling. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us individually and not just the show, uh, well, on my half of things, tough shit. I don't got social media. Uh, well, I got Instagram, but I ain't telling you what my Instagram is. Because uh, I like that shit to be quiet. I just want to look at my action figures and and some professional wrestlers and some fan artists and that's it. That's it. But if you want to get in contact with Kai, where can they find you, bud? Uh, you can find me at uh, Kaiju underscore Emperor on, on Twitter. That's K-A-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R Emperor. And you can also find me on Tumblr, Kaiju dash Emperor spelled the exact same way and those are just retweets and reblogs of my interests mainly like fan arts dumb memes stuff about animation you know whatever or whatever is my current hyper focus at the moment etc cetera, etc cetera. um because uh, and i apologize to uh anyone who has had to talk to me the past couple of days because uh, I've been humming the theme song to a upcoming Disney show and it will not leave my head. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the ghost and Maggie McGee or Maggie McGee Mo- and the ghost. Molly McGee. The, go- the ghost and Molly McGee. Yeah. Uh, theme song slaps. It looks like a cute show and I hope it turns out to be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too, but I, I gotta tell you, um, mm. much as I love musicals, uh, there's something mm. about television musicals that always makes me feel like I'm chewing on 
tinfoil. Well, the I know that the guy who's writing the music for it is the same guy who wrote uh, actual Cannibal Child Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that so, could be fun. Uh, and they, they did show off some of the songs, and most of the songs I heard in that were pretty catchy. Okay. I mean, um, if, if you if you have to have a song every episode, not all of them are going to be hits. Yeah. Now, I, I don't want people to think I'm going to be shitting on the show right from the start. Because uh, I'm not. I'm genuinely excited for this show. Uh, less so than Kai, but I am excited. Um, uh, just like, you know, there's, there's shows I like that have, you know, like... I like Friendship is Magic. I liked it a lot. Like, enough to stick around for two and a half seasons, I think. Yeah, I was there for like three, maybe yeah. four. Uh, and I actually liked the songs in that too. Still felt like I was chewing on tinfoil whenever they came on the first time on the episode. Mm. Um, there's just something about TV musicals that, specifically like stuff aimed at kids. Mm. Um, just even as a little kid, just set off that reaction. Um, but that said, I'm looking forward to be proven wrong. I'm looking forward to enjoying this. I'm not coming into it ready, ready. I'm not coming in with a bad feeling about it. It looks hilarious. Yeah, it looks great. And I like all the people involved in it. And I'm, and Disney, at least when it comes to its animated television has had a pretty good track record lately. Yeah. Uh, Disney... And TV animation. The Disney, Disney TV animation is good. Live action is questionable. But, uh... Yeah. But, uh... That, you know anyway, what? You... Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh... Mm-hmm. At the, I, I don't think I've actually hated any of their live action stuff either. Of the stuff I've watched, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Even Hannah Montana made me laugh sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I'll give most of the time as Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's how you. That's how you can get in touch with me. Yeah. Uh. So that's it for our show. Uh. Come back Saturday. Uh. October thirty first. If you're listening to this, you know, the week it go- this episode goes up. And uh, we'll have another, the final episode of Spoopy Month. Uh, which is going to be, like we said earlier, uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. But until then, don't be a jackass. See you then. Bye! <laughs>